Hey everybody, this is Brian, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master and the host of Cannon Fodder. If you want to learn even more about the Fractured Realms and also discover brand new playable content, DM tips and tricks, and interviews with interesting people in the TTRPG community, consider checking out the 20-sided newsletter. It's a free bi-monthly email newsletter that delivers a ton of cool content and keeps you up to date on all the latest projects within the 20-sided podcast universe. To subscribe, you can click on the link below in the show notes or go to 20sidedpodcasts.substack.com. Thanks. to my first dungeon, the tabletop role-playing podcast where we put first-time DMs through their paces as we build and run their very first one-shot and then circle back around to discuss what went right, what went wrong, and how we can make their games even better. This is episode four of the now very inaccurately titled three-part series. Uh, (laughs) We we did not finish off our one-shot in episode two, so we're going to finish it off today and then in episode five, Hopefully. we'll talk back about anything that has changed. Let's go around and introduce everybody. As always, I am Brian Flaherty. I am the host, but our dungeon master is not me today. It is, in fact, the lovely Abby Hepworth. Hello. Uh, and Abby, do you want to introduce our players? Yeah, we have playing the rootinest, tootinest cowboy, Chevelle Rex Naka. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we have uh, the heartwarmingly dumb... Gord Splithoof, Kevin. Hi. <laughs> and we have our uh, sarcastic, the actual brains of the group. Uh, <laughs> real tired of everybody, but she still has a soft spot for them. Uh, Sarah Stone, Lauren. <laughs> Hi. I do want to point out, too, that uh, I didn't set out to play Gord Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I, I looked at your character sheet and I was like, Gord's got 13 in intelligence. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's honestly, uh, every single time I play a character, it's like a time bomb until they get dumb as hell. <laughs> <laughs> they it's not even so much that he's dumb. <laughs> he just, he's, he needs a little encouragement in the logic department, maybe. He gets there. <laughs> he gets there. Yeah. Push in the right direction. He gets by with a little help from his friends. Oh, Abby, I think... Uh, Think you can give us a little recap of what happened last time? I think I can. Turn it over to you. Last time, the relinquished territories. Woo! I've never gotten to hear that, but it wasn't me. <laughs> the deplorable four found themselves searching for a way to improve their reputation. That is to say, by ruining their reputation with a bigger, badder steel than ever before. After robbing a dead, drunk, dwarven man of his collection of pebbles and an IOU note and making excessive chit-chat with Glasgow, a halfling coated in soot, you raced over to make the train to Sneak's Gorge in the hopes of finding and apprehending notorious businessman Marsden Greed's newest fortune. On the train, Saris managed to keep herself hidden in the shadows, leaving even her own fellow gang members to wonder if she'd actually made it. Meanwhile, Gord made his way through the cars in hot pursuit of a shower in which to relieve himself, with Chevelle and Doc following at a distance. However, after Gord managed to throw the train conductor out the window, his friends finally stepped in to see what the problem was, and learned that Gord's pants have been locked in place by a magical (laughs) and steadfast knot that no one seems able to untie. 
Just as Chevelle provided some relief by way of flaps cut in the fabric of Gord's pants, the deplorable four found themselves face to face with none other than the scarlet wench, the terrible temptress, with flaming locks of auburn hair, ivory skin, and eyes of emerald green, the infamous Jolene. After taunting you and mocking your skills, or lack thereof, she left you in the hands of her not-so-capable followers, whom you easily defeated along with a coyote that seemingly appeared out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Following your battle and with no conductor to police your movements, you headed into the first-class car where you found an impressive stash of high-end champagne and met the beleaguered manservant Samuel and his employer Carmela Crispino, a.k.a. the Lady Cece. Other than Doc, who continued to make the mistake of calling her ma'am, Cece took a liking to your gang and seemed interested in spending more time with you upon reaching Sneak's Gorge. However, once in town, your gang had one goal and one goal only, to find Marsden Greed's treasure and make away with it into the night, finally earning yourselves a genuine wanted poster rather than the fakes you posted yourselves back in Sand Hollow. While the men all debated the best course of action, Saris took matters into her own hands and searched Greed's lodgings, finding a date book that led you to the prison. After some quick thinking on Chevelle's part to distract the sheriff and a bit of a detour looking into the town's somewhat boring history of milk theft, you found your way to the back of the prison where, lo and behold, you finally laid eyes on a locked chest with the initials M.G. carved into the top. And this is where we find ourselves in the back of the prison. You enter the cell and find an intricately carved metal chest with one iron lock built into each of the four sides. Each lock sports a keyhole with a sculpted image above it. And there is one key hanging on each of the four walls of the cell. I was going to make you guys roll for some of this information, but I've continued to read my notes aloud. (laughs) <laughs> this is the best stuff. escape room ever. <laughs> well, y'all, it looks like there's uh, there's four four locks and four keyholes and also four corresponding keys on the four walls of this cell. I'm gonna make you guys roll I for think... more information on these things. We're yeah, we're gonna pick this up here. I think I understand how this works. We have to pick up the chest and move it to each of the walls one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gord. Now, that chest looks mighty heavy. Now, we could definitely do your plan. I agree. But I don't know if you... Take a look at those keys there. I'm guessing the keys are just on, like, hooks. So, yeah, I screwed this up a little bit. So... I totally forgot about the gourd and... Brian, I forget your character. Yeah, that relationship was so funny. So you guys, yes... You see this this big metal chest. It's got uh, four locks on uh, one on each side of the chest, and and you can tell they're there. But sort of covering them, wrapped around this chest as well, is a rope that is tied uh, very tightly um, around the chest, which yes is extremely heavy. You you could carry it over, but the keys are indeed just sort of hanging on. <laughs> is is there? I assume the rope is tied up in a knot. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Well, Gord, Gord, keep your cool. There is a big knot. Now. What? No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. Keep it cool. Keep it cool. We've, we've practiced for this. You, you've learned your knots. This, this, <sighs> this doesn't look to be as complicated 
as your pants knot. You you know you're not. <laughs> Whoever Nothing wants can be to. Nothing complicated. <laughs> Whoever your wants to could not. roll a um, investigation check to see, uh, to study this knot. Yeah, I'll do all that. Uh, 15. This is identical to the knot that is currently keeping Gord's pants in place. <laughs> of all the knots. <laughs> okay, now, now Gord, Gord, don't you worry. We're going to figure this out. And in doing so, we may also free you from your own curse. It's no use. I'm in two jails right now. <laughs> Um, with my, with my 15 investigation, do I notice anything about the, the keys or the locks themselves? Yeah. So, uh, if you're also good at, yeah, 15 investigation, all the other uh, things. So there are, uh, four locks. There are, uh, four keys, one on each wall of, of the jail cell. There's one hung like above the door. Um, and each key has a different number of teeth as well as a different color ribbon as their sort of hook, uh, hanging them up. Oh, are, are there any kind of corresponding things on the locks? Each of the locks, you'll have to remove the rope to get a better look at them, but it looks as though above each keyhole, there is a sort of iron welded. There's an image of some kind above each. But it's keyhole. like buried under the rope. So we got to get the rope off. Yeah, first. you got to get the rope off. Well, friends, from what I understand of this here uh, complicated puzzle. We're going to need to free extricate this uh, this thing from its its rope prison before we can then uh, insert the, these key doodads into the lock doodads uh, and get at this treasure. So, um, well, I think we might be at an impasse because if Gord's taken uh, 12 years and hasn't been able to solve this lock, we may not ever be able to get through this. So I don't know. I don't know what kind of magic Marsden is, is working with here, but this rope is uh, uh, it's looking mighty, mighty difficult to untie. Chevelle's got to shoot from the hip idea. Is it the same rope, though? Is it, Ooh. is it the same rope? Could you elaborate a little bit? Could we try cutting and or burning the rope off? Uh, yeah, you could, you could try whatever you'd like. Before I light this rope on fire, any objections? <laughs> no, that sounds great. Honestly. <laughs> well, All right. Gord, ha- have, uh, you, have you tried to incinerate your, uh, your belt before? Yes. It didn't work. And also, I don't grow pubes anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. And it won't What's happen again. What's more than a Brazilian wax? <laughs> <laughs> Gorster. Laser hair removal by way of magical fire. <laughs> All right. You know, let's use a little uh, hot hands here. Let's go fire bolt on the uh, little piece of rope. How big is the piece of rope that he's aiming a fireball at right now? I would say that the the rope is maybe half an inch thick, and the knot itself is is baseball sized. Yeah, like base tennis ball sized. So it's not crazy. I use one finger of fire. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna cast firebolt on the on the rope. Well, fire yes. the hole. Um, uh, everybody, step back. <laughs> uh, Gord takes a step back and covers his crotch with his hand. <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and roll damage there. Three. 
uh, you you fire off this fire bolt. You because of this metal box, it it just kind of bounces off a little bit. There seems to be some kind of magic of the rope where the rope doesn't even really catch fire. Uh, it it doesn't appear to do very much. Gord, this is the same rope that's around your waist. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly as I feared. Just all of you, give thanks that this rope is on the walls of this room, and not around your belts. <laughs> well, now I, you know I mu- it must be just immune to fire damage. Let's let's see what it'll do with a little bit of radiant damage. Ah, sacred flame! <laughs> you can go ahead and roll damage. Uh, just a different type of hot. Uh, it's five damage. Same thing. Just seems to sort of bounce off. Uh, it it. If you want to roll, um, it is immune to magic. This this <laughs> rope. I had never seen no rope like this. If anybody wants to roll a uh, start kicking it, the files are in the computer. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to roll a uh, a history check, I roll a history check. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, that's a nat 20, baby. That's why on the new Christmas dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I got a cool three, so I'm I'm helping. Yeah, I got a, oh, I also got a three. Oh, you I did? Oh, nice. got a 19. 19. Excellent. Ooh. So with a nat yeah. 20 and also with a 19, you guys think back and, and realize that when you first looked at Gord's pants, you were a little distracted. It's kind of awkward to like get all up in your friend's crotch and, and stare at their belt buckle. And his pants really were just so dirty and they kind of had a little bit of a smell. So it was distracting. And But now seeing this this knot that seems to be much more freshly uh, tied, you could see the intricacies of it a little bit more clearly. You remember hearing a sort of ancient story about something called the Gordian Knot. And you have a sneaking suspicion that while magic isn't going to do much here, that if you took a, a sword or an axe to a specific point in this rope and knot situation, that, that perhaps that would be the way out. Hey, uh, Ch- Chevelle, come over here real quick. Uh, I-, I was examining this here, this here knot and, uh, it's come to my attention that it seems like, you know, the, the, the Occam's razor may be in play here. The, the shortest <laughs> uh, distance between two points is a straight line. And I think that straight line is, is a sharp blade to the, to the rope. You understand what I'm saying? Takes bold action. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, th- I think we've solved the riddle of, of this here rope and, and thereby solved Gord's problem as well. However, however, uh, this poor boy has been living with this, this rope belt. For 12 years. I, uh, he never tried cutting it, though. It, se- it seems the case. It, I, really, I think I just checked that off mentally in asked. my head. We never asked. We, 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 we need to be asked. more explicit. Uh, That's a little bit on us. It is on us. It is on us. We, we, we should, if you assume, you, you know, look Occam's dumb. Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation. Exactly. We should have exactly. However, however, what I am worried about more so than uh, uh, Jolene coming is, I think if if we just take a sword of this thing and cut it off, my worry is that that Gord over here is going to have that realization that he could have cut this off and have a true implosion of of confidence. And I think we've really gotten to gotten him to a place, you know, recently where he <laughs> is feeling very confident. So I think you and I need to work together 
and kind of, you know, kind of lead, lead him to this, this proper, this proper uh, solution to this puzzle. All right. I like the plan. Let's, let's see what we can do. Gord, can you come on over here? Yes. Hey, so we have this crazy, you see how this knot here? Have you ever tried poking it? The knot on the wall? I haven't. I just saw it for the first time. <laughs> oh, well, watch it. Watch give it a little poke there. Uh, Gord pokes the knot on the wall. You know what? You need a, you need a poking, poking device. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me get you a stick here. Why, why don't you try a stick? Why don't you try a stick? Poking it with a stick. All right. Uh, <laughs> Gord takes the stick and uh, pokes it. That doesn't seem like it's working there, Gord. Do you, no, no, I, it's working fine. I was able to poke the knot. <laughs> yeah, but but the knot isn't responding how a knot should respond to poking. You know, it, Chevelle, you've seen a lot of knots respond to poking before, right? I've seen enough in my day. This seems an abnormal response to a, a poking of a knot. What do you, uh, Chevelle? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Gord. Do you have any other instrument of pokeification on you? I tend to poke with my fingers mostly, although. I will say that I've studied knots extensively for the past 12 years and an, <laughs> an insufficient goal of undoing my pants and have been thwarted. I've, I've never come across any sort of activity from poking knots. Well, I mean, you know, this seems like a good time to try, right? All, all the kids are doing it. All the kids. The, the youths. <laughs> mm. The youths. The, those, those Gen P, Q, R's, you know, all, all, the, all the next generation of, of bandits and adventurers. Here, why, why don't we try a little bit of a, a, like a, a better poking instrument? Here's, here's one of my daggers. Oh. All right. That's, you know, it, it's, it's small at the end and then it's wide at the other end. So, you know, you could, you could try different like sizes of poking. <laughs> oh, I see. Thank you. Uh, Gord picks up the dagger and holds it by the blade and pokes the knot. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, you know what, uh, Gord? Uh, I, I realized that. Can you roll me a dexterity saving throw to see if you cut yourself? <laughs> I sure can. Let's see here. Saving. That's going to be a, a sweet, sweet 14. You, it, it's, you can feel it's sharp and you're like, this is uncomfortable. What's going on? But it doesn't actually draw any blood. <laughs> what? Gord, I, I realize you might not have uh, used daggers too much. You're, you're more of a, uh, you're more of a hammer type guy. You, you, you think brute force rather than, rather than, you know, cunning, sneaky, stabby stuff. What, why don't we, why don't we do this? And I, I just spin the knife around so he's now holding the handle. Now, now doesn't that, that handle there feel a little bit more like a war <laughs> hammer handle? Not, not, you know, not too sharp. Hmm. It does. It's just smaller. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's because Chevelle's got those dainty hands. But, and Gord <laughs> looks at Chevelle and then kind of tries to sideline with Doc. And he's like, listen, I'm with you, but I don't think we should let Chevelle hear us talking about his small hands. <laughs> So maybe we just keep that between us and we try to find a way to make him not think his hands are so small. Gord, you know, I got to tell you that is incredibly, <laughs> I forgot you don't have hands. No, he's oh, got, no, no, he's he's got, got two. He's four I thought he had hopes for hands. Would you, centaurs uh, have hand hands. Yeah, you, 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 you also have, have hoof hands, hands, though. How would you hold your gun? At that point, gun? you'd just be a bull. <laughs> How would you hold your gun? Yeah, Gord, that, you know, that is very, 
That is mighty considerate of you. you you're absolutely <laughs> right. I was, I was not, I had lost my own head. You know, I was, I was just saying things really nearly not thinking about how they might affect other people. Mm. Uh, Cyrus, I think I might need your help with this, uh, with this current project. What makes you say that you're doing such a good job? Well, now, you know, Chevelle usually is, is a bit of a, a bit gun toting man. No, I myself like uh, like halberds, you know. Uh, but you, however, you you like some of the, the, the pointy the pointy pokey stabby type stuff. Can I, while he's rambling, go over and draw my short sword and try to cut it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, could you make a um, a dexterity check? Okie dokie. Ooh, I got a 12. A 12? Uh, you head over the short sword and uh, as they've been encouraging uh, Gord to do, poke the knot with your short sword. <laughs> Though you are clearly doing it more of an intention of cutting it. And you notice that the uh, rope is starting to fray right where the end of your short sword is. Wow, how fascinating. A sharp object cutting through a piece of rope. Well, well, well uh, Sarah, Sarah, uh, Sarah, uh, well, uh, Gord, Gord, uh, do you, do you notice anything about the, about the rope that Sarah's, uh, poked with her, with her stabby blade there? That's incredible. That piece of rope is becoming frayed. Well, <laughs> yes, that was a very good demonstration there, Gord. Now, now Gord, you in, think- in your, in your <laughs> travels with rope, when you've encountered a frayed rope, what, what usually happens with, uh, the 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 fraying of the rope when it reaches its natural terminus. Oh, it can be very dangerous. The rope can oftentimes snap and come undone. If there is a knot, the knot can be cut clean in half. <laughs> well, Gord, maybe, maybe this rope, it you know, it's fraying. Maybe if we help it to its terminus, it will then become. Two ropes. And then we can make two knots. Well, no, no, no. Uh, rather, rather, we would no longer have to contend with the knot that is in place. Yes. But by your own reasoning, I, I'm just. Because I'm just, it would be split in half. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but, and this is just coming from your brain, you know, your brain going through my mouth back to your ears. <laughs> I just had an idea. What, what? Please do tell. I'm all in. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Let's go, Gord. Show us what you got. What if? And hear me out here. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I can't wait. He's doing We're it, guys. All ears. What if we took something sharp? Uh huh. He's so close. Pressed it up against the rope that the key is attached to. Wait, and then. The rope would get so frayed that it would get cut in half. Why don't you attempt such a maneuver? I, I, I can't, I cannot imagine it with, with my small brain. But maybe if you demonstrated, I would be able to better understand. Yeah, okay. Okay. And uh, Gord walks over to the uh, rope. <laughs> Okay, so if I put my feet here uh-huh. and I hold the dagger like this, then I think, and hear me out. Oh my yep, God. yep, yep. 
<laughs> that you should be able to do this. And uh, he presses up against the frayed part of the rope. Uh, will you go ahead and roll me a strength check? I feel like the deplorable four has never been more invested in a moment. Like this is a critical moment in their history together. Yeah, the doc is like leaning forward. <laughs> the music every is sense swelling. That word says we all yeah. get closer. I rolled a twenty-two. With a twenty-two, Gord takes the dagger to the frayed section of the rope that Sarah so politely kind of stopped short of actually cutting, and that dagger cuts straight through the knot, releasing the rope from around the chest and falls to the sides. The knot officially undone. What? Oh God! What? Excellent. Hey, we we have now extricated this this chest from this rope prison. This is incredible. I didn't think the knot could ever be undone. Well, I, it seems, you know, by your logic, it didn't have to be. You simply had to cut through the rope, rather think around the problem than straight through it. That's right. Now, if That's only right. a similar logic could be applied to your pants. <laughs> I know. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I could never damage this because it is my nicest belt. <laughs> oh my god! All right, everybody, pack it up. We're not. We're not gonna finish this today. We're gonna let, let's focus on the chest instead. With uh, with the rope officially on the chest. Oh man! Okay. Okay, with the with the rope officially <laughs> off the chest, you guys can see that above each of the four keyholes, there is a small sort of wrought iron picture. Um, above one, there is a snake. Mm. The next, a spider. The third, a wolf, and the fourth, a bat. Snake, and on spider, wolf, bat. Top, yes, it was a snake, spider, a wolf, and a bat. And on top of the uh, chest, there is a plaque that you can now read now that the knot is not covering it anymore. And the plaque says, the spells on these locks are all the same, though each possesses a unique name. Count on your answer to unlock the way, but use the wrong key to your dismay. And I will send this to you guys in the chat so that you have it, even though I see it. All of you have written it down. Would you, mind, uh, would you mind reading that one more time for me? Yes. The spells on these locks are all the same, though each possesses a unique name. Count on your answer to unlock the way, but use the wrong key to your dismay. And then the, the keys had just colors on them? So each of the keys uh, hung about the, the cell. There are four keys presumably one for each lock. Mm -hmm. um, they each have a different color ribbon and they all each have a different number of teeth. So like the, the jagged side. Oh. Um, what are, do we know the, the colors or the number of teeth? Yes. So there is uh, one that has five teeth and a pink ribbon. One that has four teeth and a green ribbon one that has six teeth and a yellow ribbon, 
and one that has three teeth and a blue ribbon. I figured out the puzzle, guys. Oh. <laughs> what do you think? All right. I don't know if I should go with the joke here because I think I figured it out, though. Go with the joke. <laughs> I just realized, uh, can I check in on Jolene with that, that locate object spell? Yeah. Uh, so so last time uh, in the relinquished territories, Jolene was making her way. It seemed to be underground, like headed also towards this jail cell. Uh, she appears to have hit a complication along the route that maybe part of this path has been caved in. She's trying to dig something of it out. Uh, she seems stalled or very slowly making her way um, over to you. But something is like she's not 10 seconds away. Something is prohibiting her a little bit, but she is is uh, slowly making her way towards you guys. Yeah. yeah I just want to keep head on a swivel for that in yeah. case it seems like she's made it her way through this uh, roadblock or it's like close by. Sure. Okay. All right, gang, I figured it out. Here we go. All right. You know how bats, they got like two wings and then they have like a head. Yeah. Right. I think uh, that that's like the three points of a bat. So I think we should put the three tooth one with the bat. I, I don't know. I, I'm also thinking that like spiders have six legs. So we'll put like that yellow one. With that sixteenth, uh, with the spider one. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm with you, you so mean far. To say, <laughs> you mean to say that the the bug that famously has eight legs, you're putting with six legs for no reason other than we'll, to- we'll just go with that assumption. Trust me, I got this, guys. <laughs> oh wait, Chevelle. Also, I have seen five snakes in my life. <laughs> We put that, the yes, we'll go with life. it. We'll go with it. And if you add those all up and subtract it, you get green. What? <laughs> Wolves have four paws, four teeth. I think we should match four those. Teeth? I'll be honest. It, it seems like a shot in the dark. You know, so, so, some it's of this, a shot from the hip. Some of this like <laughs> word math you're doing is kind of outside of my, my comfort zone. But, you know, it's if you feel good about it, go for it. So are you going to... Uh, Take any of the keys down and put them in a lock. Well, let's hope this doesn't blow us up like that fire bomb I threw up in here before. <laughs> do we do we think there's anything with the the color ribbons? It's the number of letters and the fangs, the teeth. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Or whatever I say. No, I, th- I think no. I I think I get that, but just the It's a trap. Like, like I, I get how the numbers correspond, but not necessarily how the colors correspond. Like, I'm guessing they don't need to, but I'm just worried that there's like a, like a bonus thing with the colors. Oh. Well, I'm matching up the like the five letters in snake. Right. To the five teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also that Gordon seen five snakes in his whole life. <laughs> that's good. a good omen now, now that yeah. one that one I can get on board with. That, that one seems right. It seems like it's, the maker of this particular lock knew Gord significantly well in order to facilitate this this keyword code. Yes, it's this realm slumdog millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do we do we think there's a second level to this, or or is it just there could be? Is it just the things? It's it's pink, which is four letters. So the five the time spells one, are all the same. The spellings all this. The spells on these lock are all the same. How do you spell the lock? So each possesses a unique name. 
Count on your answer to unlock. So count the answer. So yeah. I, 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 I think you're right. I'm just worried that the, it's having this bonus like color thing uh, worries me. Could it be that the colors were to be a red herring? It, I, it could very well be. I don't know. I, yeah, I said we're probably fine. Let's just, let's plug, let's plug <laughs> and chug. Pop, pop these guys in the locks. Should we each take one and each try one? Oh yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, let, let, let's uh, let's time this up so we all do it at the same time, just in case you know if something bad's gonna happen, it should happen to all of us at the exact same time in the exact same way. <laughs> That's yeah, what we call the deplorable four. <laughs> and that way, if we get one of them wrong, we'll have no idea which one it was. <laughs> yeah, no accountability. The deplorable four way. Accountability. <laughs> <laughs> so who is taking which key and? putting it in which lock and are you guys all trying to do this simultaneously? Yeah. Oh, uh, d- dibs on yellow. <laughs> so dibs blue. Are taking the yellow. I'll go and I'll stand over by the spider lock. Okay. Uh, with yellow. I'll take I'll take the blue one and stand by the bat. Okay. I'll take the snake. Okay. And which key are you using? Um, oh, that's uh the pink. Okay. And I'll take the one that's left. Okay. <laughs> the green. <laughs> um, and you guys are, are trying to put these all in at the exact same time. I'm going to like without telling the group hold back and do mine just <gasps> slightly after everyone else. Do you want Or should I? So you make the decision. <laughs> I'll be a team player for now. All right, everybody, on my count. One, two, oh, we're, we're gonna go on four. Because <laughs> there's four of a deployable four. So I was gonna make you roll a dexterity check, and now I feel like you should do it with disadvantage because that's a weird ass choice. Uh, no, it, it's all about branding. It's all about branding. I'm gonna have you guys roll a um, group dexterity check, not with disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> so really, just two of you uh, need to get above. I'll make it really easy because um, you guys are a gang that does things together. Uh, a DC of Seven. So you just need at least two of you to get above a seven on a dexterity. I have a plus two. I got, I got a, a twenty-one. No, oh, Jesus. I got a sixteen plus one, so seventeen. Okay, cool. Yeah, you guys have been a gang for a long time. You know, you can you can do it. Uh, so you can do your countdown, and you guys will put them all in at the exact same time. Do you want to do your countdown? All right, everybody. <laughs> one, two, three, four. Go, go, go. You guys put the locks in and you turn and you hear a whole bunch of click, 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 and like gears and things going on in the inside. And then you hear as the top unlocks and you can go ahead and open it if you'd like. Do we all four have to open the chest together too? (laughs) Can I go and keep an eye out? On the entrance exit for yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. So we don't get surprised. I want to be on guard. Yeah, for sure. So you are keeping guard. Uh, and the other three of you guys uh, open the top of the chest. And inside you find a stunning array of gold coins, ruby encrusted jewelry, loose rubies. It's just all the red and gold that you've ever seen in one place at one time. This is enough to bankroll you guys comfortably for the rest of your lives or 
give you the greatest bragging rights you could possibly imagine as a gang of bandits. Well, hot damn. Guys, I I think we did it. Um, if you guys, whoever wants to roll um, like a perception or investigation check to see if anything in the chest kind of stands out or if you're looking for anything in particular. Can I specifically look for blue, blue jewels for Lady Cece? Yes, you can. And then also, um, Chevelle, if you want to roll me perception or investigation to see if you uh, see anything on your watch. Woof. I got a natural three. Uh, plus five, so eight. Eight. You don't see any blue jewelry, uh, but you also, I mean, it it goes deep. This is a big ass pile. You'd have to get in there to to see if there was something at the bottom, maybe. Damn, it's like swimming through it. This is crazy. <laughs> Doc <laughs> is Scrooge <laughs> McDucking. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to roll to make sure there's no like hijinks on it, but if you're already touching it. Uh, you can, you can, if you already rolled, you can tell me what it was and I'll. I didn't yet because I was going to. So is it too late for me to? Uh, nothing has happened yet. So. Okay. I'll roll real quick. <laughs> invest, investigation. Yeah. Ooh. I got or you can third. roll Arcana if you'd like, because uh, you're looking for like traps basically. Okay. I'll do that. So I got a 16. Yeah. There's nothing. You guys uh, solved the riddles and the, the protection appears to have been in uh, preventing you from getting in. But now that you're in, you don't see anything that seems to suggest that like touching the loot is going to uh, have a negative effect on you. Cool. Abby, I rolled an 18 perception. Awesome. You don't see anything. You can't hear anybody coming. It seems like the coast is clear. You can hear off in the distance that like big party that was at the other saloon across the way uh, going on. And you're keeping like an ear to the ground to see if you can hear like someone tunneling up through and you don't hear anything. Uh, seems like you guys are OK for right now. Doc, looks like we can finally buy into your bar. Yes, you can. <laughs> I was going to wait until the end, but I couldn't hold that that news in. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to just sign over your your portion of the treasure to me right now, we, we, can, we can handshake deal this thing right here now. We will kind of handshake deal this. We will draw up the paperwork later. All right. Good enough for me. Legally by the handshake. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> do I do we know when the like next train is coming? The next train's not coming till tomorrow. Or I'm sorry, there's uh no, it's coming today. You you guys haven't necessarily checked like the train schedule. You think there's probably a decent amount of time before the next train going back the way you, way you came. The train you were taking out uh dropped you off in the morning, went out. Uh the train going back in will probably be a little bit later in the day and so there's mm-hmm. a decent chunk of time. But uh also, while you're looking for um, blue jewelry and sort of digging through and you guys are examining the the loot, you uh, see sticking out of the pile something that you think might be like a handle of some kind. Uh, I thought you were going to say hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll unbury it and see what's, what's in there. Cool. So you uh, dig around it and, and you pull this thing out and it is an absolutely gorgeous uh, sheathed short sword that is just completely bedazzled in like rubies and diamonds and, and is like the most jewel encrusted thing you've ever seen, um, including all the jewelry you've ever seen like pictures of or could have imagined. Um, 
And you are amazed. It is so light in your hands, given like how seriously chock full of gems this thing is. And and it's gold and glittering and beautiful. And you notice that it has, it, it seems to emit kind of like a low hum. And in your hands, it feels a little bit warm to the touch. Can I roll in Arcana check? Uh, yes, you can. That's an 11. With an 11, you think there's probably something special about this short sword outside of the fact that like it's the amount of like gems and and bedazzlement on this thing is like fucking insane. And so it's clearly worth a lot of money, but you think there's probably something special about this sword outside of that, but you aren't entirely sure what. But you said it's like unusually light. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, given that it is like made of gold and has like huge fucking diamonds all over it, it's very light in your hands. All right. Well, this is real pretty, but uh, I, I really prefer, uh, you know, a heftier, heftier pour, if you will. Uh, Saris, th- this looks a little more up your alley. Thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I take it. Cool. Do you want to investigate it anymore? Are you just going to pocket it? Um, yeah, I'll investigate it a little. Cool. You can do either investigation or arcana. I'll do investigation. I got a nat one. (laughs) This is a real pretty sword. She's a real beaut. (laughs) It is lovely. It is a sword. Doc, you clock in with your locate object and you realize that whatever roadblock Jolene had going on She's been broken through and she is quite swiftly approaching this space. You guys have a very limited amount of time before she is going to pop out somewhere, you think. Well, uh, half the jobs find the treasure, half the jobs keeping it. We got to get out of here. We got to skedaddle, y'all, because uh, <laughs> Jolene is coming in through some underground tunnels. She's going to be here shortly. So let's, uh, you know, let's let's boost Goom Boogie on out of here. <laughs> it's not our goal to look sold. Is it heavy? Like, can we pick it up? Like, is it light enough to pick up? It's like you totally can. Um, I think Gord might be able to lift it himself if uh, but he'd be struggling a little bit. You or two of you could like lift and carry it uh, pretty easily. But also you guys could like empty it into bags or sacks or something. Uh, You guys, the way you want to transport it is up to you. Well, I'm a centaur, so I do have that extra carrying capacity. That's true. <laughs> For either you or Gord, you could carry it uh, solo, and it wouldn't be that hard. If uh, Saris and Doc wanted to do it, you'd either have to help each other or have uh, one of the other guys helping you. Well, Gord, Chevelle, this looks like a, a two-man carry. You know, I got that lower back thing, so I'm going to leave this to you. This requires exactly six hooves. <laughs> <laughs> this is a six-hoof job. <laughs> Just make sure to bend with all four of your legs. You know, you don't want you don't want to be putting pressure on your back. That's that's how I screw myself up. So can we split the the gems and the gold to uh, between us? Like, do we have satchels? I'm looking at my. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have uh, definitely like either room in your bag or you have like an extra sack in there that you could do that. Um, You do know that that if you're going to split the treasure like into well, a couple of different or even just like dump it from the chest, which the chest itself is metal and, and decently heavy um, that it it will. Uh, basically, you can either like take the chest and run or you can take a little time. 
and split it between things, which will make it a little lighter. Uh, and each of you or some portion of you can be carrying it, but you, you have to sit and do that here. Is, um, how, how quick is like Jolene approaching fast enough that we should dip if we don't want her to find us? Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Seven. It's a little hard to tell where exactly she's going to pop up. You think if you act right now, you might be able to sort it and get out. Hey, Gore. But it is a risk. Throwing out an idea there. Do you want to play a little joke on Jolene? Yes, I love playing jokes. (laughs) But I'm going to need to borrow that little knot around your belt. (sighs) Good luck. It can't possibly get this undone. Do you think you get it undone for a joke? Because you undid that other knot. I think you could do it again. What I'm thinking, guys, is if we are able to wrap Gord's knot, his Gordian knot, around the box uh, as a little bit of a a ruse. Ruse. (laughs) To throw off. It'll buy us a little bit of time. Otherwise, I have a, a whole scheme based on the show that I've seen called Money Heist. (laughs) (laughs) Money Heist is definitely canon in this world, for sure, for sure. Y'all seen seen that play that's going on, La Casa de Papel? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chevelle, you also, in in keeping your watch, you're starting, you've reached, like, you can hear underground, something is is coming up. Gord, are you going to get rid of, are you going to let me borrow your knot there? No, I wish. Even for a joke, I haven't been able to remove this knot. Ah, Ch- Chevelle, I, I whispered. <laughs> you know, I, I think we made really good progress. I don't think we're going to get all the way there today. I think it's time to hoof it on out of here. Let's get going. So are you guys just going to grab the chest and, and run with the whole thing? Grab and go. Yeah. yeah, I'll take the chest. If it's all right with everyone, I would like the chest itself to be my cut of the treasure. I've been needing <laughs> a new chest. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> But I, I, I know we have a, a dangerous outlaw hot on our tails and we every precious thing counts, but it, I just want to make sure I got this right. You do not want a quarter of the treasure. You just want the chest. The chest Aww. is your treasure. No, no glitz and glam and gold and rubies and stuff. I don't want to ask for too much, but I think I deserve this chest. And I know that it's asking a lot, but we've been together for some time now. And I think if it's all right with everyone, I would like to have the chest. I just look at everyone and go, well, I don't know, everybody. Do you think, I mean, that's asking a lot, don't you think? Otherwise, we can make some kind of a system where everybody gets the chest for a couple of months every year. <laughs> and we rotate who has the chest. Sisterhood of the but traveling I think I chest. should get it first. Well, you know what? Uh, you're, you've been such a great leader. I'm happy to, to let you have the chest. And, I, you know, we'll split up the rest of your treasure amongst ourselves. That sounds great. Thank you. And uh, Gord picks it up and he's like, I promised you won't regret this. I absolutely agree. Now let's get on out of here. (laughs) So you guys are, or Gord picks up the chest. Uh, You're leaving like all the treasure in there. You guys are just kind of booking it. Yeah. Yeah, Does it slow down my movement speed at all? Uh, For you carrying it alone? No, Uh, it's heavy, but you're, you're a beefy man. You, you can, uh, you can handle it. Uh, You're a beefy man. Yeah, beefy. Uh, so what, uh, <laughs> where are you guys running to? Where, where, what exit are you taking? How are you getting out of here? 
the, I assume just the front door. There is, you guys see uh, a couple options for you. You can go back through the sort of office and out the front door that you came out onto the main street. There is also um, a sort of back exit uh, to the prison. You're not entirely positive what is behind there uh, or if that door is even unlocked. Those are kind of those, or I mean, you could like bust through a wall, but you also get the impression that that will would take just as much, if not more time than sorting through the treasure. Can I take a little peek out the front window and just make sure no one's walking around? Yeah, you you uh, scoot boot scoot over to one of the windows near the front and you look out. I mean, it's like the early afternoon on a normal sort of day. That saloon party still going on across the street. There are some people around and doing things. You feel like people might be kind of distracted by the party there's there's people out there it's not can i check dead. that back door yeah sure i want to check it out see if it's locked that sort of thing go over and uh you can roll an investigation check oh it's up from last time i got a six <laughs> six six you uh double check the handle it looks like it's unlocked so you could use that door again you aren't positive what is back there but you could certainly try it I guess, yeah, it could be like a back room or something. Um, I want to open it and just like just like sneaky, stealthily, like take a peek and see where it goes. Yeah, roll me a stealth check. Okie dokie. Abby, the train comes in the twice a day or is it just once in the Ooh. morning, once at night? Uh, it's twice a day in the sense that there's one train going out further into the desert and there is one train going back in the way that you guys originally came from. So there's one train for each direction yeah. and, and it will be a little bit before that train gets in. I got a nat 20. With a nat 20, you not even your fellow gang members see you go over and test that door handle and oh, you slowly open that door. Very careful to kind of like understand the balance of the door, the age of it, the material or whatever. So, you know, where the creaks and squeaks are going to be and how like fast or slow to open this door. Uh, and you peek out behind it and it appears to just be a door to the back of the building. It is unlocked. Uh, and back out there, you see, um, the backs of a couple of other buildings on this stretch. And then there are the train tracks, out there, but otherwise there, there does not appear to be anybody out there. It's just a back exit to the prison. Okay. I'm going to tell the group that we should use this door that I found because it's the best option. It seemed like the best door, the best door opening I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It was so stealthy. You you actually didn't even see it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys just look over and all of a sudden Saris is standing there at an open door, like gesturing, like, it's empty out there. <laughs> She's so good at opening doors. <laughs> Sarah, I checked out the front door. Can you check out the ba- Oh, goddamn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We're uh, we're going to we're going to take that that uh, that B side exit. Let's get out of here. <laughs> So you guys all uh, run out the back door, um, Gord, you're carrying uh, this treasure in the chest and you look out and down and I'll give you also with that nat 20 um, down just like a couple of uh, 
buildings away, you see that it seems to be like a stable or or the uh, parking garage, uh, for lack of a better term, of a Western old Western town. So there's some horses and stuff. There also seem to be some some open wagons, some covered wagons where you could perhaps hide a thing. So, you know, yes, this this train isn't coming for a little while, but there's there seem to be some other options down there of ways to be be mobile. I like the looks of that covered cart. We could store the chest and the loot on it for safekeeping. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pillage a covered wagon. So you guys, you guys, yes, start making your way swiftly or down over to there. Uh, but before you can get very far, Doc, you check in one more time with that locate object and something Something must be wrong. How could something be wrong with this spell? Because it seems as though Jolene is above you. Mm. And you look up and there she is on the roof of the building above you. (gasps) And out from the alleyway pop four men and at their feet, weaving between their legs is a giant poisonous snake. Six. I've now seen six snakes. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you know how excited I was? The fact that I had planned a snake and we already had the snake. (laughs) You see Jolene looks down at you. Well, well, well. Seems as though you've done all the hard work for me. Thanks for that. But I think I'll be taking my treasure and going now. And I need all of you to roll initiative. Ah! Well, uh, actually, ma'am, I'd like to disagree. I think uh, the deplorable four will be keeping this for ourselves. Huzzah! <laughs> no, I got a natural two. I got a three. <laughs> I got a 21. I got a 12. You got a 21? Jesus. There are the good rolls. And uh, sorry, uh, Chevelle, you got a 12? Yeah. Doc is just slowly... Uh, he's like fumbling oh, in his wait. shell to pull out his halberd top to screw on. To his thing. He's like, oh, what? Everybody oh, else go first. Just give me one second. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And uh, Gord, what'd you get? I got a 16. All right. So top of the order, we have Ceres. <laughs> you guys have, uh, you can see in front of you, you have... There are four men, one who appears to be kind of a little more of the leader of the group, but these are, are similar to the guys. Like, they're just these Jolene fanatics. They are her her cronies, her crew, her diehard, you know, uh, Jolene obsessives. Jolene The Brolines. The Brolines. The Brolines. The Brolines, if you will. And, and that snake, that giant poisonous snake. And Jolene is, as I said, up sort of on the roof of the building above you. I want to go after, I think, one of the croonies. Can I do, like, a, a sneak attack? Am I close enough? Brian, can you remind me the speci- specifics of sneak attack? Yeah, so Five sneak foot? attack, you need to satisfy one of the following conditions. You either need to have advantage on the attack, or you need oh. a allied creature within five feet. Uh, however... I believe because you're you're an assassin rogue. I believe uh, if you are going yeah, first yeah. in the order, you automatically get advantage on any attacks of anyone who hasn't attacked yet. 
Yeah, uh, your assassinate feature. You advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't yet taken a turn in combat yet, and any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. So no one here is surprised, but you do get advantage on anyone you're attacking right now, uh, so you would get okay. sneak attack. Okay, yeah, I'd like to do that on, like, the closest croony, and I'm going to do it... I can do that with, like, a weapon, right? Yeah, you can do it with... Uh, Either your original sword sword, your new sword, or uh, any, like, crossbow or short bow you have. I'm going to do it with my... kind of want to do it with a new one. Like, I'm assuming I just still have it in my hand from when it was given to me, and I'm just going to... With that new sword? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, roll an arcana check? Oh, I'm excited oh. for what this is going to be. <laughs> oh, I love chaos. Okay. <laughs> I rolled an 18. An 18. Oh, man, so close. Uh, with an 18, you can uh, tell that there is something really magical uh, about this. Upon looking at it again, you're like, there is something about this thing that I think could be fucking cool outside of the fact that it just looks fucking dope. You also recognize that it is an item that it's sort of humming and buzzing in your hand, but it's almost as if it's like fighting you a little bit. It is something that uh, needs to be attuned to you. Mm. And so just from a mechanics perspective, there is a uh, DC check you need uh, to hit in order to get this thing to go uh, for doing this on the first time. It was a DC 20. Uh, you are so close because you have tried this once. The next time you try it, it will be a little easier to hit that uh, thing and, and activate whatever interesting things will happen. So so, you know, kind of a little bit more of the mechanics of it. But unfortunately, uh, so this cool. round, you can feel it humming and buzzing and, and and again, feel that warmth in your hands of it. But it's it's fighting you a little bit. It, it doesn't it doesn't know you. It wants to get to know you a little bit. So you can certainly use it. Um, in this instance, it will work the same as your regular short sword, uh, or you can use a different uh, weapon if you would like. I'll still use it. I, you know, it's got to get to know me. I got to get to know it. So, you know, <laughs> it works both ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, go ahead and roll your attack. Are, are you going that after one be... of the like the mini cronies or like the leader guy? I think probably just one of the mini ones, whatever, whoever's closest. Yeah. So I think I did that right. Uh, and I rolled a nine. Uh, a nine, unfortunately, does not hit. You know, we're still getting to know each other. It's oh, uh, you get advantage. Oh, oh, roll with advantage. Okay. Yeah. Well, I still got a nine. Oh! <laughs> you are like the slightest bit distracted by this sword. So when you run up to go and hit this, this Jolene fanatic, uh, you're just kind of looking at it and, and you like clip him a tiny bit, but also you're like, wow, this thing's pretty. I wonder what it does. And you, you whiff a little bit. Um, sure do. <laughs> you know, we all do. It's, we all do sometimes. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I do you want to do a bonus um, action? Okay. I'm looking at my bonus, my bonus action. <laughs> and I have a cunning action let's see oh that's to dash disengage or hide so in that instance um, um what is it she could hide and that would give sneak attack on the next round yeah so it would also give you some uh, cover from being hit if, if yeah, you I'm gonna do that go somewhere and hide you can you roll a stealth check if 
no one else can perceive you, you would have, anytime you are hidden from something, you get advantage on this subsequent attack, which triggers okay. you getting sneak attack. Love it. I'm doing it. That's cool. what I'm doing. So you can roll a stealth check. All right. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 22. So there is a, an opportunity. Thank you, Brian. An opportunity attack from this guy. Uh, he rolls a 10. Does that hit? It doesn't. Ha ha ha. So he also is like, what is this sword? This is fascinating. <laughs> and whiffs. And then before he even realizes what is happening, you have disappeared. And he's like, what? Where? Huh? <laughs> and does not see where you have gone off to. Next up in the initiative is Gord. I am going to go right for the snake. You're going to go for the snake. Do you want to enter a rage? I sure fucking do. The six Yeah, just six uh, snakes is too many snakes. Five, you could keep track of the stories and, and what they were, but six is just too many. It's, it's one more than you have. Well, I guess hooves don't have fingers. Uh <laughs> So uh, what does it look like when, when I think you've described this before, but what does it look like when, when Gord goes into a rage? I think, uh, yeah, I just kind of like my eyes glaze over and there's like almost cartoonish puffs of smoke coming out of my nose. <laughs> and in this case specifically, uh, he's just yelling, snake. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, and so you are going for that snake, uh, what are you going to, what weapon are you going to use for your attack? I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to actually pull out my Warhammer for this. Because I Excellent. realized I didn't use it at all in the first session. Perfect. So you can uh, also, uh, you can use it either one-handed or two-handed. Two-handed uh, does a little bit more. It's 1d10 instead of 1d8. Yeah, I'm going two-handed. Excellent. And uh, you're going after the snake, you said. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it like a is it like a rattlesnake? What kind of can I roll an investigation check or a perception check to see like what kind of big snake this is? Uh, sure. You can roll either uh, investigation or animal handling. Ooh. <laughs> Let's. It's see a roll. Here. I feel like I never get to do so. Yeah, you never you know, get to do just for the handling. sake of that. We're going animal handling. And we'll do whatever one is is going to give you a better butt. Oh, this one went well. That's a dirty 20. A dirty 20. This is a, a rattler, but man, it is fucking huge. And this thing is, is scary. You know that rattlesnakes have a uh, poisonous bite, but this one looks like if it came at you, that would be particularly, uh, particularly terrifying. So because it's a rattlesnake... I'm viewing the rattler on its tail as like a big ass bullseye. Okay. So specifically, <laughs> I'm trying to smash that rattler. Okay, cool. Well, rattlesnake, more like cattle snake. That thing's as big as a cow. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you, you'll get them going. I'm, I'm just, give me a second. <laughs> that is going to be 24 to hit. Uh, 24 definitely hits. Go ahead Fuck and yeah. uh, roll damage and do not forget to add your rage damage, which is plus two, I believe. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so cool. Yeah, so uh, roll the 15 and then plus two for the rage, so 17. 
17 damage. Yeah. Holy shit. Fuck. All right. Do you, do you roll it? Like, that's just like max damage. <laughs> Jesus. It's on D&D Beyond. No, I know. Oh, I that saw. is max damage. Isn't it? Some that's huge. Go nuts. That is uh, absolutely wild. And, and oh my God. it just is. Fuck Again, that rattle. <laughs> yeah, five snakes you could keep track of, but six and this one. I mean, it just doesn't look like the other ones. It doesn't. It's not fair that you should have to count this in your snake encounters and have to, re, you know, <laughs> quite, you just your brain can't can't put these in the same category together. And you go straight, <laughs> straight for that rattle. <laughs> and as your Warhammer comes across and hits it. Almost it, it it's wild. you're the rattle itself gets knocked clean off but furthermore because of the uh strength with which you are coming down the snake as a whole gets almost like a batter you know hitting a home run you whip the snake off into the distance and you watch as it's half body since you've cut it in two just off off into the distance in into the sun to a degree where you'll just never see this thing again. Is it is it like in Super Smash Brothers where it goes off and then you just see the little ping? Yeah, exactly. You just see like way, way off, ages away, almost on the edge of the horizon, a little bit of a dust cloud and a, a thud as this thing lands. While while this happens, Sarah's mutters, and yet he couldn't figure out how to cut a rope in half. <laughs> I still can't get over it, but it's my best belt. <laughs> what I love about we that is so, it insinuates you own other belts. <laughs> I thought he was gonna put his other belts in the in the chest. I I really feared that Gord was going to stab himself in an attempt to cut open his belt was my concern for you, but no, no. So your bonus action was going into a rage. Uh, You took your action. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to do? No, I think that's good. I'm just standing there screaming, <laughs> just screaming openly into the sky. I'm not gonna lie to you, you've you've put a little bit of fear into <laughs> these uh, these Brolines. What would a character do if they knew they were part of a story? What would they say to the author that is pulling their strings? In Samantha Lee's solo RPG, Death of the Author, players take on the role of a character fighting for control over their narrative. Draw tarot cards and modify scene prompts to bend the story to your will. Each change, however, comes with a consequence, as the author may use your own words against you. Death of the Author is crowdfunding on Backerkit from May 14th to May 28th. You can find the project by searching Death of the Author Backer Kit in your search engine of choice. Fight the narrative. Defy your author. Little Wolves is a folktale TTRPG where players fill the fur of shape-shifting werewolves in a realm of fae and of magic called the Enchanted Forest. 
players will craft physical masks that represent their characters and use them during play to shift between their wolf and their mortal forms. As they perform favors and complete quests, new marks are made on their masks that reflect the real physical changes that the werewolves undergo. The enchanted forest is deep and detailed with fey queens, courts, and all manner of denizen for your werewolves to meet. The crowdfunding campaign for Little Wolves launches May 14th. You can follow the campaign at bytes.rip slash littlewolves. That's B-Y-T-E-S dot R-I-P slash littlewolves. And you can check out the free demo and quick start at bytes.rip slash littledemo. Hey there, it's Elliot from the Many Sided Media team. In addition to playing and producing here on My First Dungeon, I'm also a game designer known for such games as Something is Wrong with the Chickens, a rules-like game of chickens, eldritch horror, and revenge. Project Echo, a solo time travel game played in the pages of a planner. And the upcoming Rom-Com Drama Bomb, a three-player game of meet-cutes and mayhem. If you like weird and unique games and want to bring something new to your table, head to moreblueberries.shop and use code MYFIRSTDUNGEON for 20% off your order. That's M-O-R-E-B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot shop. Thanks! Uh, and next up <laughs> is the the sort of leader of, of the bro group. He's, he's a little freaked out by this so he's like taking some steps back to create like a little bit more distance from himself and and your gang and uh he is going to um cast spiritual weapon as his bonus attack and so he creates a floating spectral weapon uh that he can control and it basically looks like a uh a like hammer uh, or or uh, a hammer, but like from like a tool chest, except that it's like quite large. And instead of the actual like head of the hammer, it's uh, melded into the shape of a heart with a J. <laughs> 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 um, and is is glowing red hot, uh, almost like it would brand you if if it hit you. Oh shit! That's awesome. <laughs> Spiritual weapon, and he is going to uh, use it. It's uh, Brian. I have a question for you about spiritual weapon. It's casting it as a bonus action. Can he use it on this turn? He can use it on this turn. Okay, cool. So he is going to use that spiritual weapon to go for Gord, and he is going to. Oh, that is unfortunately a nat twenty. Oh shit! Yeah. So he is going to. Are Gord's oh. flaps up or down now? Before he gets branded. that is going to be shit and that's uh force damage so it doesn't get halved oh damn oh my god am i gonna die we'll see okay so he hits you uh with this giant jolene uh emblazoned hammer sends it flying through the air right at gord uh and hits you in the arm for 15 points of damage Wow. 
And, uh, and then he is going to, um, for his attack, cast Sacred Flame. And he is going to direct that one uh, also at Gord. Gord, you got to watch out for that guy. Uh, you must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, okay. Uh, so you uh, is that one of the ones I get advantage on? Gord, did you offend that fella? Uh, no, you only get advantage on strength checks because of your rage. So this is a dexterity saving throw. Gord, I got to think that might have been that guy's pet snake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a collar on his neck. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, it, it might not have been part of the fight. We're not sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Oh, no. Okay, my dexterity saving roll was uh, 10. Oh, that is one short. But uh, because it is radiant damage, it does get halved. It doesn't. It doesn't for radiant? It's just um, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Oh, well, sorry, bud. I'm coming for you. Oh, my God. And that is uh, an additional seven points of damage. Oh, my God. Big question. Yes. When I got hit by the spectral weapon. Yes. Did I get branded? 15 points. It has definitely left a mark. It's not like a super clear one, uh, but there's there's going to be a scar there, and there's a chance it might be in the shape of a J. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you you hear him uh, as I said, he's backing up and he's he's showing things things, and he calls out to the other man, "We must do this for Jolene." Gord, you know, d- don't even worry about it. It's a J for Gord. Remember, just like the patch we talked about this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks just like the patch uh-huh. that you had in your pocket. Uh, do you want to actually, will you roll me a D20? Let's see here. 15. 15. You uh, stick your hand in your pocket and, and that patch is still there. So you pick it up and sort of compare it to the mark on your arm and, and, and are looking at it, looking at <laughs> the spectral weapon. And it's, yeah, it's the same symbol. But importantly, this entire time, Gord is still raging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's doing all this comparison, but he's still just like, <gasps> 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 All right, uh, next up is Chevelle. All right, let's see what we can do. So one of the guys is like backing up a little bit, right? Yes, so, so the sort of leader of the group, the guy who just uh, went after Gord, is is a little bit behind the other three men. All right, uh, let's see. I want to use my Misty Step to get behind them. Uh, you, oh, uh, Misty Step is, is 30 feet. Yeah, I'd say if you... you- <laughs> Use a little bit of your movement to sort of run towards them and then use uh, you're using your special the spell slinger six shooter, right? You're throwing the gun and using Misty Step to go. Yeah, just to flank them, right? Because we get a flanking advantage or something like that. Uh, It's kind of a house rule, but we can either do it or not. But it's not like a rule as written. I just want to get behind them so they don't. uh... Yeah, so I'm going to like throw my gun, try to run a little bit, get behind them, do a little teleporting so these guys can't back away from us. Okay. And then uh, I think the guy that that Ceres was firing at, I want to shoot him with a fireball. Ooh. Let me make yeah. sure that this... Yeah, because that's a ranged weapon that just like has a bonus thing. And then that's a cantrip. Yeah, that checks out to yeah. me. All right, so uh, you run forward and, and uh, tell us what it looks like when you throw your gun. All right, so it's... Uh, 
trick shot behind the back <laughs> so they don't even see it coming. Actually, between the hooves. <laughs> oh, my God. Goes right past them. I disappear, and in a blink of an eye, I reappear with my uh, six-shooter. And uh, in all the pettiness I can muster, nobody burns Gord, and I shoot the guy with the... <laughs> With my firebolt. So I have uh, two questions for you. One, how close behind this leader are you reappearing? Um, Like within five feet, 10 the, feet, 15 feet? I'd say like 10 feet. I want to just get like right behind them so they don't really have much room to skedaddle. Cool. So you're 10 feet behind. And then uh, this firebolt, you're casting it at uh, the leader or uh, at one of the other Brolines that Saris was going after? I'm going to go after the one that, uh, out of pure pettiness, the one that attacked Gord. Excellent. Uh, go ahead <laughs> and uh, let me see. Firebolt. Go ahead and uh, roll the roll the attack. 18. An 18 definitely hits. Roll damage. Five. Five points. Excellent. And I hit him with a ka-chow. <laughs> the, the, the gun makes a sound and you also make a bonus <laughs> it's, it's like uh, I, I love the, the story of I forget who it was but one of the guys in the Star Wars movies uh, they had to keep telling him to stop making the lightsaber sounds with his mouth <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. I think it was like you and McGregor, which is very fun. <laughs> so you do this badass move of you throw your gun. There, are, all of these guys are like, huh? what? what? The one that Sarah's was going after is still kind of like, but that sword. What about the sword? And you <laughs> reappear behind the leader, and he. <laughs> You hit him square in the back with a fireball. He said, Sacre bleu! Where did you come from? Um, his accent just this becomes increasingly more ridiculous. I try this on the train and I completely missed throwing it. I missed through my gun. And yeah. So it, is it worked out this time, guys. Totally fine. Um, cool. So that was uh, your action and your bonus action, I believe. Yes. Uh, so is there anything else? Yeah, I'll say you used all your movement to, to do yeah. that as well. Cool. All right. Now it is up to the other Brolines. Uh, they are going to go after the uh, first guy is going to run up and try to hit you, Doc. Does a nine hit? Wait, excuse me. So I, I, I'll i be with you in just a second. I'm, I'm just going to get my halberd together and then we can fight properly. And it <laughs> takes off my shell. All right, cool. Uh, and then one is a second one is going to run up to hit you. Does a 16 hit? Hey, excuse me. So I, once I get my weapon ready, then we can fight like gentlemen. Uh, also <laughs> takes off my shell. Turtles are impressive guys. <laughs> oh my God. And then the last one is uh, going to run over to Saris because, or oh, actually, no, you're hidden. So it has no idea where you are. Uh, and so the last one is going to come after Gord, having seen his two friends go after a turtle who is impossible to hit. Does a 20, a dirty 20 hit Gord? I sure as hell think it does. Let me double check. Oh, poor Gord. We got to save Gord, guys. Oh, yeah. My uh, my armor class is 15. Oh, okay. So you take uh, slashing is halved. Yeah. And it uh, if it's an odd number, it goes to the lower. Yeah, you always round down. So you take three points of slashing damage. That's nothing. Yes, you're fine. And uh, 
Cool. So they also, as they're all running to you guys, they're, they're just sort of tinging off your shell and, and Gord, you're just, you're so scary that he's kind of coming over and he's like hitting you, but it's almost, it's like from a distance, he's like kind of sticking his arm out to be like, cause he's a little, he's a little freaked out by your whole situation. And the whole time they're all just sort of a, a chorus, like the birds in Nemo of Jolene, 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 mine, mine, mine. Uh, <laughs> Cool. You guys uh, see after as this is happening that from the depths of the shadows appears a new snake coming up through the grasses. And that snake is is going to go for uh, Chevelle. Going to slither right on up to you. Go for one of them. Uh, one of them skinny horsey legs. Oh, not knock ankles. And knock <laughs> ankles. Uh, does a dirty 20 hit? Yep. My AC is 15. Okay. That is uh, five points of damage. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 10? Oh, a 10 does not do it. You are going to take an additional 10 points of poison damage. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Wow, the deplorable four is taking some hits here, gang. Y'all, I'm also I'm also noticing something right here. All all of these little minions, goombas here, keep saying uh, Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. I'm kind of thinking, you know, this is what I was talking about branding. You know what I mean? We got to start saying four, four, deplorable four, deplorable four. <laughs> like it's all the time, just repetition. You know, repetition. Get it in people's heads. I refuse. All right, well, at least three of us can keep doing it. You know, four, four, every time we hit, four, four. And then, Doc, that is your turn now. Hey, Jolene, how, how you doing up there? Uh, well, and I finish uh, screwing on my thing, goes, well, all right, uh, I see people seem to be doing their spiritual weapons here. Let's uh, do one for me, too. And I cast spiritual weapon up at Jolene. Mm-hmm. And it, it, again, like, starts in my halberd and, like, shoots up. Um, so it's just the, the double of the halberd. And I will go ahead and make an attack on Jolene uh, with the spiritual weapon. Uh, what is the um, range of spiritual weapon? I believe I can cast it 60 feet away. Yeah, I can cast it 60 feet away. Okay, cool. And then so it, it can move, through, but I'm just kind of flavoring it that I. Yeah, no, that's totally within. I just wanted to make sure it was actually with, it could reach her. Yeah. How, how, how high up is she? She is uh, about 50 feet up in the air. Oh, wow. She's like, it's tall building. She's, like, she's it's, all the way up there. Uh, uh, actually, wait, let's see. She's 40 feet. It's like a two-story building with a little bit of extra on the top. Okay. Um, and she's just chilling up there, like, watching the she, proceedings. Yeah, she's watching watching everything going on. Yeah. So you're going after Jolene with your your spiritual weapon? Bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, ooh, should I do that? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Right, yeah, well, I cast spiritual weapon. Um, 13 plus 7, 20. A 20 definitely hits. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll some damage. Plus five. Uh, six plus five is 11 uh, force damage. 11 force damage. Excellent. Uh, you slash at Jolene and and cut uh, part of her arm and, and her, her clothing, damaging the beautiful uh, garments that she had on. And um, she's fucking furious with you she can see in her eyes she's saying that's not what we're here for give me the treasure 
well, if you don't like that, you're definitely not going to like this. And I cast Sacred <laughs> Flame up at her. Uh, so <laughs> DC, DC 15 is, deck save. Uh, and Sacred Flame as well. Could, what's the range? Uh, 60 feet. 60 feet. Cool. And it is, I'm sorry, you said a. DC 15 deck save. DC 15 deck save. Oh, she rolled a nat 20. Okay. She's still, did she take half? Are you going to burn down the building in there, Donna? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh no. Oh yeah. So she saves, so she just takes no damage. Okay, yeah. She she dips out of the way and looks down at you with just rage in her eyes. I go well, uh yeah. We're gonna we're we're gonna do a take two of that in just a minute, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with both of them. I'm gonna do that cool line again, okay? So just remember mm-hmm. where we were and we'll we'll go back again. All right. Um and I'm in melee range of those two guys, so I'm just gonna chill. Yeah, I'm just gonna chill right here. Okay. Uh, you say this to her and you, and you look up and she is, no one makes her bleed her own blood. She's <laughs> furious about this. She looks down and she says, this is not the way this goes. You will give me the treasure. And you can see her hair is sort of like billowing out behind her. She's saying this, even though you can feel no wind that is around you. And her eyes are becoming even more of a penetrating emerald green color and you could see her skin which was this stunning smooth alabaster sort of white color it's starting to look like maybe it has scales or feathers or something as she's bristling out and all of a sudden huge wings sprout from the back of her as her hair becomes this billowing craziness and her eyes are entirely this emerald green. And she reveals herself as her true form, a harpy matriarch. Whoa. Whoa. Everybody, everybody, she, she got wings. She's, she's not a, she's not a, she's, she's a harpy. She's going to do some bad. We got it. We got to shoot her. We got it. We got to shoot her out of the sky. She begins <laughs> to sing. Song all about herself that for legal reasons, I cannot sing. <laughs> oh, no. She's saying her name a whole bunch. Like I told you, branding. Uh, I need everybody to roll a wisdom saving throw. Ah, shit. Twelve. Oh, uh, fourteen. Nine. Twelve. Twelve. Well, that's how she got on the roof. So, <laughs> uh, and Doc, you rolled a fourteen? Yeah, fourteen. So everybody except Doc, you find yourselves to be enthralled by this stunning and horrifying creature above you that you're sort of simultaneously in love with and also terrified of. And you find that you are compelled to just get closer to her. You want to know her. You want to be in, in physically near her. Uh, and so you guys have been charmed and for each of you guys, except for doc, uh, on your turn, you must use your movement to try to get as close to Jolene as possible. Uh, and then at the end of your turn, you can roll another saving throw to see if you can break away from the song. But Doc, you uh, are the only one who, having hit her and drawn blood and and said all these sassy things, and perhaps you were the one who kind of watched this transformation from the beginning, are looking up, and you see it as she truly is, is just this horrifying creature above you. Uh, So you were successful. You are not affected. 
All right, everybody. I hope I hope none of y'all was was taken in by that by that you know terrible song. You know, and she just keeps saying her name over and over again. She she really doesn't come off very well in that song. I don't think she realizes it. So uh, you know, uh, what, what, why why are you guys all moving closer? What do you? What, no 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 no. Pl- plug ears, plug ears. You can see all their faces. All of them are just kind of like, oh my god. We will not let this be a hit. She's no way. So cool. Uh, and Bob. It's a bop. They're all like, man, this song, I want to learn it. I want to be part of the band. Um, it's not a bop. It's a bop. Don't help her spread <laughs> her, her brand. This beat trots, as the kids say. And uh, we are back at the top of the order with Saris. Well, I guess that means I'm going to stop hiding and move closer to her, right? Yes, you can still continue to make attacks, so you can... Like you could use your movement effectively to like come out, attack somebody, and then attempt to get closer to her. Okay. But but you could still like you could still choose the order of things. So you could still yes. make your attack, and then move, and then bonus action hide again if you wanted to. Yeah, you can choose the order of events. You just have to okay. use your movement to uh, try to. You are drawn to her. Can I still do sneak attack since I hid last time? Yes. Cool. Um, and is that guy that I went after last time still? Around? Uh, yes, he is. Uh, I'm going to sneak attack him. Excellent. Um, you can roll with advantage. And I'm going to use that same dagger again. So do I oh, Okay, so anything? yeah, roll me an arcana check first. Okay. Uh, I got a 15. A 15. Uh, you can feel this thing in your hands, sort of warm and buzzing and, and there's something, you know, exciting going on. It's, it's, it feels good. You're, you're feeling this. Uh, you could go ahead and roll your attack and then I will describe to you what happens. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to do it, I guess with advantage. So my first roll, good God was an eight, uh, (laughs) second roll. 17. A 17 hits. So as you go to uh, hit this guy, you see suddenly it's become very clear to you that there are letters etched onto the side of the handle. Uh, And you can see as it is getting warmer and glowing in your hands that there are the letters M-I-M-A-Y-N etched into the side of the handle. And you think that maybe if you said it out loud, something cool would happen. Okay. My man. <laughs> Wait, what was it? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Wait, I have to remember it. M-I-M-A-Y-N? Yep. My man. Yeah, the second, you say it kind of like, <laughs> what? Oh my God. <laughs> I just oh, realized. <laughs> I got it too. Oh, I'm not there yet. Oh my God! You'll get She's that. gonna take it. She's gonna take it. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> As you not. say these words, you see this sword burst into a brilliant flame. When you are using this weapon, you've already done it for for this round, but uh, you can use anytime you want to use this in the future. Uh, another thing, you could use a bonus action to speak the magic sword's command words, causing flames to erupt from the blade. While the sword is ablaze, it deals an extra 2d6 fire damage Ooh. to any target it 
hits. The flames last until you use a bonus action to speak the command word again uh, or until you drop or sheathe the sword. It also uh, has an effect that lets you sort of see in a dark or dim space, which right now is not applicable. But yeah, so Sarah, you have my man. That is baller as hell. Okay. Well, I granted you that sword. I think maybe we should do a bit of a timeshare thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> a gift is a gift. No take backs. <laughs> you God see uh, Sirius leap out of the shadows with this insanely. It was already so cool looking. And now that it is just lit up in flame, it's like. Even you guys who are charmed by Jolene are looking over at Sarah's like, damn, she's also so cool. <laughs> uh, and <My> so <laughs> tell me, uh, you are going after one of the, the regular Joe Schmo Brolines, the same yeah. guy you were going after before. And uh, yeah. what, uh, so you cast your, your, you already know that you hit. So it's the regular uh, short sword damage plus 2d6 fire damage. Plus two d six for sneak attack. Plus two d six for sneak wow. attack. Holy! Five, okay, five so I'm gonna need six. you to keep track of that. Okay, so I'm gonna do the da- the initial damage first. Okay, uh, that's the piercing. That's a cool five. And then what else do I do? And then you're gonna add two d six fire damage. Okay, so that's eight. Okay, so that's eight plus, or is that eight total? Eight total. Okay. And then you're going to roll an additional 2d6. That is your sneak attack damage. That is nine total. So, sorry, it was eight plus nine plus five? Uh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Nine, eight, five. Nine, eight, five is 14 plus eight is 22. 20. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> So you come bursting out of the shadows with this flaming sword. And even though the vast majority of the people involved in this battle, including yourself, are completely enthralled by Jolene, everyone is turning and for the briefest of moments is kind of like, damn, like, should we be following her instead? <laughs> and you I'm charmed, but I'm not gone. <laughs> <laughs> And you take your sword and you go straight through not just one, but two of the guys who are standing over there because that was just too cool of a thing for me to not give you full reward of you (laughs) go slashing through. And because of that hot blade, you don't even realize and it's so light in your hands that the swing just keeps continuing and you go straight through. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Two of the bro leads who stand there in shock and you can see in their dying moments, their eyes looking at you as if. She is our new Jolene. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Oh my God. All right. Well, and then I make my way to Jolene, I guess. That was your uh, attack. Um, And uh, it was technically a bonus action to light up the sword. Uh, so yeah, so now you use your movement. She is up kind of on top of this building. So, uh, are you going to start trying to climb up there? How exactly are you going to try to get uh, closer to her? You also can just sort of, she is, it's sort of like a triangle. 
of, of where she is. So you can move along the ground to get both closer. You'll end up being closer to her posse uh, and also sort of more directly under her, or you can just start trying to like scale the wall or climb up to, to get to her. Hmm. I like the idea of trying to scale the wall. Can I, can I do that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you just need to do a, um, we'll call it a dexterity check to see how well you start climbing. <laughs> All right. Or acrobatics. I'll do acrobatics just for fun. Ooh, I got an 18. You start climbing beautifully and you are able to use uh, quite a bit of your movement to get up. You are about 15 feet sort of uh, short of where she was standing. All right, Gord, it is your turn. So even though I'm enchanted, I'm still raging, right? Correct. <laughs> Okay. It does not so, affect your rage. First, Gord is yelling, Jolene! <laughs> and then uh, I have to ask. It's moved on from snake. Where is, is the new snake in my eyeline? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, new snake appeared sort of next to slash behind the uh, leader who was sort of back there and uh, then went after Chevelle, who was sort of standing behind him. So uh, that snake's definitely like in your vision. If you would like to roll to see if you actually clocked it or if you were super distracted by Jolene, you can. Otherwise, I would say, yeah, you, you saw it. Okay. And is it like, I mean, is it between me and Jolene in a way such that moving toward the snake would also be moving toward Jolene? This snake is, you don't necessarily need to move towards it to get any closer to Jolene. Hmm. But I have to get closer to Jolene, right? You are required to use your movement, yes. Okay. Oh, so and also, I'm sorry, Saris, uh, will you roll another um, wisdom yeah. saving throw at the end of your turn to see if you can break out of the luring song of the harpy matriarch? Uh, Fifteen. 15, you do it. You start climbing up there. You get within about 15 feet of Jolene and being closer to her, you're like, holy shit, she's grotesque. This is <laughs> almost worse than being up close and personal with Gord's pants. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And you uh, are no longer charmed by her uh, and, and cannot be charmed by her. Uh, so you will not have to make uh, saving throws with this again. Um, but Yay. sorry, Gorge. So yes, uh, you have to use your movement to get closer to her, but it okay. does not mean necessarily moving closer to the snake. But I guess would, would moving closer to the snake also count as moving closer to Jolene? I will allow you to do a sort of loop as long as at by the end of your turn you're headed in the direction of Jolene I will yeah let you get closer to the snake awesome because yeah as soon as I see that thing he's switching over from Jolene to seven <laughs> <laughs> I mean seven snakes is even worse than six uh, so you're going after the snake yeah all right uh, are you going to use your warhander hammer again oh yeah double handed amazing roll that attack that is a... And does he roll with advantage because he's raging or no? No. No. Woo! Okay. Uh, 26 Holy to hit. 26? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, You're, these snakes are the nothing afterlife. to you. you. You once again just... Now, are you aiming for the rattle again? 
Uh, yeah. If it's got one, I sure am. Oh, yeah. This thing is exactly the same. It's a giant poisonous rattler uh, again. And, and now it's hit your friend. So you're even more pissed off about the fact that, I mean, this is seven and it's attacking someone you love. So you go for it again. Exact same thing. And in fact, when you hit it off into the distance, there's a little bit less dust that comes up, but you can sort of hear a little scraping. It has landed immediately on top of the other snake that you sent <laughs> off into the distance. And you can hear it sort of landing with a little bit of a, a squish and a scrape of, of scales. Uh, and you're just piling them up out there. Oh, man. Oh, sh- that was beautiful, but or actually, like wait, you have to roll fair. your your damage. <laughs> I was so impressed that I just let you murder it. Uh, but yeah, go Gosh. ahead and roll damage. We'll see if you actually do that. Oh, it's gonna be like a one. <laughs> Turns out the snake kicked you. <laughs> so I mean, it's one d ten plus five. These snakes uh, are no, not fourteen plus two, so sixteen damage. On sixteen. This one. Yeah, this is exactly what happens. You send it soaring (laughs) off into the sky as I uh, prematurely knew would happen. And uh, this thing is just fucking toast. Yeah, you just got to manifest it and it'll (laughs) manifest it and it'll happen. (laughs) And it'll happen. All right, cool. So that was your uh, attack. Do you want to manifest it? Seven, six. It, uh, do you have, um, a bonus action that you want to take? Um, no, I guess just heading toward Jolene. All right, cool. So you, again, are you going to start trying to like scale the wall? Yeah. And he's yelling, I killed the snakes for you, Jolene. (laughs) (laughs) You, uh, go ahead and give me an acrobatics check. And while you do that, you guys also having somebody pointed it out last time of, of, there was like a collar on the snake. And this time around you were close enough and, and had noticed this before you see it again. Yeah. This guy also had a collar and the little tag was that same heart emblem. (laughs) Of, uh, the Jolene. These are, these are Jolene snakes. Oh God. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I feel like appropriately, my acrobatics check was a four. <laughs> so you start climbing, but you have your warhammer still in two hands and you are a centaur. So you're like trying to just use your feet to climb up a vertical surface. And uh, it, it's <laughs> or I'm sorry, you are a minotaur. And so you're just using like your back hooves to try to climb up <laughs> this thing. And it's like kind of not getting you anywhere. Uh, but you are certainly trying. Incredible. Cool. That was Gord. Okay. Now it is the leader of the Brolines. Oh, he's going to make a. Oh, and I'm sorry. Yes. Gord, uh, make a wisdom saving throw. And yes, uh, Saris, what's your question? Well, I just was thinking because I watched Gord the way he just behaved like, oh, Jolene, oh, Jolene. Are all of her cronies like charmed by her? Or is it genuine? All of them are certainly under a spell uh, from her. Mm-hmm. If you want to, here, roll me an investigation, perception, all I will let you do, or I will also let you do Arcana. Okay, let's see. Uh, I'll do, if I can, I'll do perception. Yeah, go for it. A uh, 10. <laughs> a 10, yeah. So they are definitely under some kind of spell. It is not the same as the one that is affecting you guys, which is her luring song. Um, these guys seem to be drawn to her and and under her power and control in a way, but it, it almost seems also like they're too deep 
they've gone too far down the rabbit hole that uh, to try to break them out of it would not be quite as easy or the same as like you guys trying to make these saving throws. Got it. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. And then uh, Gord, you did uh, your wisdom. I got a 14. A 14. You also break free of the sog and you realize in your frustration of trying to like vertically climb this wall, but just with your back feet, you are so involved in it and so frustrated with this situation that you kind of forget the reason why you are trying to do this. (laughs) And by the time you do remember, you're like, what the fuck? Why am I going after her? Uh, Gord is like, can't get a foothold. Wait a minute. I didn't kill the snakes for her. I killed the snakes for me. (laughs) (laughs) You tell her, Gord. You tell her. You tell her. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so that was... All right, so now it is our uh, Jolene's, the leader of the Brolene's, and he is going to use his spiritual weapon. This time he is going to send it up toward Ceres. That definitely whiffs so he sends a spiritual weapon up towards you but with with jolene singing her luring song he also is like kind of distracted by it and uh so just kind of misses because he's trying to do it out of his peripheral vision um and then with his next attack he is also he's going to cast sacred flame uh this time at gourd so i need gourd to make a dexterity saving throw Oh, Lord. Watch six, Gord. 14. 14 does it. Yeah. Uh, he, again, yeah, he's... Mon dieu, Jolene, such a phenomenal singer, no? She is so stunning. And he's just a little distracted by her, uh, to which she looks down at him and she's like, Stop missing and hit them. <laughs> Snap out of it, you fool. Uh, so, yeah, he, he whiffs on both. And is going to maintain his ground. He's not going to go anywhere. And that snake was sent into the abyss. So he's more so Doc. <laughs> it is, or I'm sorry, Shvel, you didn't go. That I did not. Shvel, it is your turn. I'm so sorry for this, but my guy, I'm going to cast Shatter on Jolene. Shatter. Do- oh my God. What does that do? A sudden loud uh, ring noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of your choice within range. Each creature in a 10-foot raise. Um, Saris is 15 feet away, right? Sir, a sudden loud ring noise, painfully intense, erupts from a point of your choice within range. Each creature with it. Yeah, yeah, Saris is 15 feet away. All right, so wow. it, it Jolie, more like Nolene. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to make a constitution saving throw. All right. Yeah. Uh, what is, and it's a 14. She gets a 15. Some of it. She just <laughs> did it. Uh, but it's, she takes a half damage. So you can okay. still roll three D eight thunder damage and she will just take uh half. So she'll take, uh, I rolled 16. So she'll get eight. 16. So she gets eight points. Of but more importantly, that loud ring noise that does, does that throw off her little, uh, harmony? Does that break her enchantment? I think because she made her constitution saving throw, unfortunately, it does not break her focus She's on her song, but I, I like it. I like the idea. I don't know if I can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so that was your action. Do you uh, want to do anything with your bonus action? Can I use one of the cantrips? 
as long as it is a cantrip that is listed as a bonus action, yes. Uh, which it looks like you don't necessarily have any. If I'm reading this correctly, then you could do um, your um, you could do your hexblade's curse. Um, you essentially like curse the a creature. Hellish rebuke. No, it's um, under your actions. If you scroll down, there's a thing called hexblade's curse. That means against the target, against whatever creature you curse, you get a plus two to your damage rolls. And if you score a critical hit, you get you score a critical hit on a 19 or 20. So it makes it easier to hit them. Yes, most definitely. Curse you, Jolene. Cool. So it's uh, she is unfortunately more than 30 feet away from you. So you either need to uh, try to get closer to her in order to hit, which you are going to do anyway, because I believe you're charmed, right? Yeah, I'm still charmed by her. So you can use your movement to try to get closer to her and then uh, use the Hexblade Curse. You only have to move 10 feet closer to her. Yeah, all right, so I'll do that. I'll uh, be enchanted by you, Jolene. (laughs) Uh, And I set a curse on you. Are you uh, (laughs) trying to climb up as well? I have four hooves and two hands. That's not (laughs) (laughs) After watching Gore try it, I was like, we've done this before. This doesn't work. You can see the back of this building or like the building that's next to you or something. There is like a staircase that leads up to a second balcony. You're taking the staircase because you. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get up there. I'll take the stairs. Cool. So you uh, do Hexblade's Curse. So let's see. Against the Curse target, you gain plus two to damage rolls and a 19 or a 20 is a critical hit, and you get eight HP if Jolene dies. Cool. Wow. So that, I believe, is everything you can do for now, but you did a lot, my friend. All right, cool. So now it is uh, the Joe Schmo Brolene's last guy, sort of. He just watched two of his friends get taken down by a glowing uh, fire <laughs> sword, and he's pretty freaked out by it. He is going to run over and he is going to attack you, Doc. Well, what, what, what do you think you're doing here? That is a 15 to hit. Not a chance. <laughs> you're <almost> crazy. <laughs> I'm uh, a turtle. I got a big Doc ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's again, just sort of running over like, Jolene, Jolene. And he's smacking you in the shell, but it, it's almost as if he does not realize that he's doing nothing. And I guess, yeah, that's his turn. Wow. He didn't do very much. Doc, it is your turn. Hey, uh, Gord, how, how you looking? You, you doing okay? I want to kill this woman. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to see if we can't make that happen. Uh, and I, I'm going to send the magic weapon or the spiritual weapon up there and make another attack uh, on her. Okay. Uh, 11 plus 7, 18. And 18 hits. Hell yeah. 7 plus 5, 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage is a lot of fast math on my part. Cool. How how's she looking? Uh, she is looking hurt, but pretty like it's not awful yet. I'm gonna uh, look up at her and go. Well, I, I know you were not too impressed with my sacred flame. How about this? A guiding bolt, and I'm gonna shoot a first level guiding bolt at her. Amazing! Is that an attack roll or yeah, a- it's a spell attack? Cool. Okay, that is a two plus seven. However. <laughs> uh I am gonna use my my channel divinity guided strike to add plus ten to the roll. So it'll be nineteen to hit. Holy shit. Yeah, that hits. You needed something cool to make that one hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I like uh 
blast out the bolt, see it's going wide, and you see Doc like grab onto like the tail end of the bolt and like whip it back around <laughs> so that it hits her. Nice. Very cool. Um, that's four D six. Holy shit. Ooh, it's not it's not great. <laughs> well, that's a fucking bummer. Uh eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. All right. Well yeah, hate, you hate to see two ones. She's still looking, she's, she's looking more hurt. Uh, again, she's, she's okay, but she's, and I mean, more than anything, she's fucking pissed at you. Well, uh, you know, Jolene, that's just something you're going to have to get over. <laughs> uh, do you have any other, that was your attack and your bonus to action, right? That was, yeah, action, bonus action. Uh, and I'm just going to look up uh, at Jolene and go, well, now, Jolene, if you're interested in this treasure here, all you got to do is uh, formally recognize the superiority of the deplorable four. What do you say? She looks down at you and cackles. <laughs> Never. Well, then it looks like you're going to have to die. All right, everybody. <laughs> A one, two, three, four. <laughs> deplorable four. <laughs> Is that why you heard everybody go on the count of four earlier with the locks? I did not put two and two together. I just came up with that right now. (laughs) Two and two together. Sometimes you just got to try stuff and then eventually it becomes the thing. Eventually. And that was what happened. It works. Uh, Jolie is, she was incensed by being injured twice, but now the fact that you've made such a horrific musical pun, she's like, "Uh, fuck this shit. She, she hates it. Uh, She is going to use her bonus action to continue. Is anybody? Oh, Chevelle, you broke. He never made his saving throw. Uh, Chevelle, can you roll a wisdom saving throw to see if you are still enchanted by Jolene? Four. A four, yeah. She's going to use her bonus action to keep you under her spell. You still are like, my God, she's beautiful. (laughs) Damn. Um, And then she is also then going to uh, swoop down towards Ceres and uh, make a claw. Claw attack at you. Watch out, Sarah. She's coming down. Sarah, does a 10 hit? It does not. Okay. Does a 11 hit? Nope. She misses with both of her claw attacks. She is just so furious still about that musical pun and the rage <laughs> plus still singing, still, you know, Joe Grover. So she comes down, swoops at you with both claws, uh, missing both times, and then just books it back up to the top of the uh, building. Now, I'm the only one still under her spell, right? That is correct. So uh, the moment I see her go fly down, I start going down the stairs, and then I see her <laughs> go back up, and I start going back up the stairs. I oh, Jolene. <laughs> oh, Jolene. You tease. <laughs> Just getting your steps in for the day, literally. Uh, cool. All right. So that is Jolene's turn. Uh, Ceres, it is now your turn. She also, because of she is a harpy matriarch, even though she came into your threatened area and left it, she can do that without prompting an opportunity attack. So you did not get that. So you are still 15 feet away from her, but you can go back down if you wanted to. Mm, I think I'll try to hit her with my short bow. With a short bow, cool. Um, yeah. Roll an attack. Oh dear, I got a ten. A ten, unfortunately, misses. It yeah. just goes, shoots wide of her. Dang. Well, then I'm gonna hide. 
Cool. How are you going back down and hiding? Are you going to try to like duck in a window? Where do you plan to uh, hide? Yeah, I like the the duck and cover type vibe. Yeah, sure. Um, You're am like I past- still like up on a on the building on the top? Uh, yeah, unless you choose to go back down, you are still um, up uh, moving or you still made your way partway up the building. Uh, actually, I will go back down. Okay, cool. I'm trying to um, use that sword again. Can you make an acrobatics <laughs> check for me? Yeah. Let's see. 13. 13. Yeah, you get back down and uh, are able to find a place. Uh, well, actually, sorry, you have to roll a stealth check to tell me that if you can hide. Mm. 15. 15, yeah. So you, you shimmy back down and you find yourself like behind a barrel or a sort of doorway or something. Uh, and so you are tucked away. Cool. Gord, that is your turn. Oh, sorry. That's me. (laughs) I got real into character there. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yes, that's me. (laughs) uh, You are still on the ground, having never made it up the wall, uh, but you did break out of the spell of the, of Jolene. And are there, how many of the um, enchanted gentlemen are still the gentleman. The the leader of the crew is still there and one of the other kind of regular regular guys is there. I'm gonna head for the leader of the crew with I'm gonna I'm gonna charge him with my Warhammer. Excellent. Go ahead and roll an attack. Okay. And how many turns do I rage for? Is that you are just in a rage and so uh it's for ten rounds? It's for a minute. Oh, you're in a rage for a minute, but that's 10 rounds of combat. Oh my so it's, God. it's definitely the whole fight. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to live my life in a rage. I think you should. Out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Christ. 24 to hit. Uh, 24, 100% Jesus. hits. You're, wait, sorry. You're hitting the, um, the leader or the other guy. I can't remember. Uh, the leader. Leader. Cool. Yeah. Uh, either way it hits. I just want to know. <laughs> going for uh so go ahead and roll damage and add plus two is for your rage damage cool 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 15 15 jesus all right cool uh you smack him upside the head like the wild uh minotaur that you are that is your attack do you want to uh have a bonus action you can do uh hammering horns which is immediately after you hit a creature with a melee attack as part of the attack action on your turn you can use your bonus action to attempt to shove the target with your horns i yeah that sounds cool as hell although it looks like it doesn't necessarily do any damage it just pushes them away from you you could also uh go into a frenzied rage which is like a, a heightened version of rage and you get an additional attack on your bonus action but just when you come out of rage you take a level of exhaustion but if this is like super, kind of final battle territory, it's it's not a bad Super battle. Saiyan 2 Minotaur. Yeah, exactly. All in on that. <laughs> so you go into a emboldened by the, the fact that you fucking destroyed these snakes. Uh, you go into a <laughs> frenzy. So you can make a single melee weapon attack as a bonus action. So, uh, all right, cool. So uh, you want to attack the same guy? If I can, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and roll your attack. I mean, do I get to hit him with the hammer again? Yeah, yeah. sure. Just for the sake of, you know what, just for the sake of switching things up, I'm going to hit him with my horns for this one. Okay. Slightly less damage, but more variety. 
16 to hit. 16 hits. Go ahead and roll damage and you add plus two for rage. Fuck him up, Gord. You got this. 13 damage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want to know how many hit points he had left? Was it 13? It was 13. Yeah. <laughs> what does it look like as Gord straight up murders this guy? I mean, how how close are we to... Uh, I, I'm picturing Gord rams this guy with his horns and then slams him into the building so that this dude is pinned to the building with his horns. In the back of my head, in my mental theater, it's all Super Smash Brothers melee finale. He just sport and then just push him off the screen. There's a huge explosion. Yeah. You fully use your horns and like pin slash gore him into it's it's you were pinning him already. And then the fact that you crashed into the solid object, you just gore straight through him and you see with his final breaths, he looks up and just oh. Jolene, it was all worth it for you. And then his head sort of limps over, and when you pull your horns back out, he just sort of slumps down into the ground with, you see, the, the blood <laughs> on the wall. The, um, the spiritual weapon hammer that he had just vanishes, uh, so you're no longer in danger of being branded. Cool, he is down. Do you want to use your movement to get any closer to Jolene? There is one other guy on the ground who is still fully devoted but also kind of just watched everybody else not only die but like die in graphic and insane ways (laughs) so he's a little bit spooked i mean if i still have movement left i'm charging that motherfucker (laughs) um i don't know if you can like charge as an attack but you can run yeah Toward him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just running, but it probably looks scary. It oh, it definitely. You're not just in a rage; you're in a frenzied rage, so it's horrifying. Uh, and you know what? I will allow you to make an intimidation check. Oh my god! Absolutely. For for background on what frenzied rage looks like for Gord, uh, his eyes are still like red and glazed over. He's still got cartoon smoke coming out of his nose. But instead of screaming, he's in a point where he's just going. (laughs) (laughs) Full Tasmanian devil. Full Tasmanian devil. Point of inquiry for Gord. At the end of his rage, does he remember any of this or is it? (laughs) Absolutely not. I feel like especially with a frenzied rage, it's the level of exhaustion is that his brain just is like, well, we don't remember what just happened here. Yeah. (laughs) I rolled a 17. I'm assuming that's going to pass the bar. I, I, uh, the, the guy that you're charging is like the guy that was attacking me. So I just go, oh, excuse me. So why don't I, I'm just going to turn you around real quick. I turn around to face you. You turn him around, <laughs> but you also then do like that sort of cartoonish sidestep where you try to go as quickly because you know that Gord, especially in his frenzied rage, if he charges at this man, will have no concept of the fact that you are behind him and will charge you both. Uh, I'm just using him like a Toriador's cape. <laughs> With a 17, I will say you successfully scare the shit out of this guy and he is going to have disadvantage uh, if he's if he's coming for you in his next attack. Uh, But in the meantime, Chevelle, it is uh, you. You are like halfway up a staircase on your way to Jolene, still enthralled by her. How far away am I from her? You made it up about, well, she was 40, so you made it up about 10. 
I'll say you're 30 feet away right now. Hmm. All right. I'll say, um, no, I'll say you're 25 feet. I'm not sure exactly what the order of this is, but I want to use, I want to kick her. We're going to kick her. Okay. <laughs> In order <laughs> to if kick- you're a, Haven't done that all, all game. Amazing. Uh, you are going to have to use your movement to get up uh, to her. It will involve a, an acrobatics check because you're going to have to climb up onto the roof. <laughs> to get to her, I mean, you can absolutely. Let's see what happens. You get close, yeah. So you make an acrobatics. I will say it is a uh, a DC twelve to climb <laughs> from the staircase up and like over, especially because you're a centaur. Like you're you're not the most, <laughs> you know. What, what, I, what I make up for what I, what I lack in hands, I make up in hooves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I rule the thirteen. And what did I say? Was it 12? I said 12. Yeah, yeah. you make wow. it. It's not the prettiest, but you certainly you use just your movement and you sort of <laughs> clump, clump, clump. And you make your way up uh, and you're now on the roof just under 10 feet away from Jolene. So what I want to do is I want to charge her, kick her, and then I want to use Eldritch Blast on her. Is that okay. a thing that could happen in this? Eldritch Blast is a cantrip and... I think it would be, it would just be a hoof attack or I'm sorry. It's a charge is a melee attack. Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, but they're both actions. Well, the bonus action. Oh, never mind. Charge is a bonus action. So you absolutely can do both. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's, a little, it's a little higgly piggly because technically to make the charge attack, you have to first hit her with a melee weapon. But since we're treating the gun as kind of your main weapon, it's like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. Hit her with a stick. What? <laughs> well, yeah, you're Gordon, still holding you have on. That stick that we poked the knot. <laughs> <laughs> you're still holding on to that stick. Uh, and so you <laughs> technically can hit her with it, and it's not actually going to do any damage, but we'll say for flavor to fulfill the requirements of this, uh, you could do that. So you do you want to charge? Do you want to charge her first, or do you want to use Eldritch Blast first? I'm going to charge her first to kick her, create cool. a little bit of distance, and then blast her. Excellent. All right. You, uh, it makes sense up here. <laughs> you can immediately make a hoof attack as a bonus action. So it is a uh, hoof attack. So go ahead and roll your attack. 16? A 16 hits. So roll damage. Right. It is, uh, what is it, 1d4 plus 3. 7. Seven, excellent. But I also have the Hexblades curse. <gasps> you did have the Hexblades curse. I forgot all points. of the things, so that's an extra two. Two. Also, just for us keeping track of it, if you roll either a 19 or a 20 on your Eldritch Blast, then that is a critical hit. Uh, yes. So you go up, you kick her straight. She <laughs> sort of like, ow, what the fuck? <laughs> Love me. <laughs> And she sort of backs up a little bit, partly with the intention of like coming down and swooping at you. And you whip out the spell slinger six shooter and you fire off an eldritch blast. And that is uh, so you roll an attack. 16 to hit. A 16 hits again. So that's one D 10. And then you will add two to it. 11. 11. She is looking not good. 
Shit. I'm looking confused. Jolene, I have so many emotions right now. <laughs> you are just a sea of emotions of wanting to be close to her and, and fascinated by her. And also knowing that your friends want you to kill her, but you're kind of forgetting why. That was very cool. She's furious. Uh, can you roll a wisdom saving throw? Four. A four. You... <laughs> Unfortunately, again, you you're slowly forgetting why it was that your friends wanted you to attack Jolene. And now it's just kind of like a an un, you don't understand why you want to hurt the things you love. But uh, but you do. Uh, so and I fully see her face, too. Oh, you're everybody. all up in it. But all you can yeah. see are those stunning, glowing eyes. And, and you're just like fully amazed by them. They glitter and uh, just look at them. They're like jewels. This is my life right now. Cool. So you are still, unfortunately, under her <laughs> spell. It is our cultist who is on the ground. He is going to very half-heartedly make an attack <laughs> against Gord, who is fully going towards him. Um, That is 11. Does 11 hit Gord? Nope. Nope. So he completely whiffs. He is terrified of you. He's just standing there sort of shaking in his boots, muttering under his breath, Jolene, 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 Jolene. And you can tell he's saying it almost as if a way to like try to uh, make himself feel better, but it's only half working. Cool. It is uh, Doc's turn. Jolene, I, I don't know if you're looking around, but it looks like the deplorable four have been systematically dismantling your little posse here. I think it's time we cut off the head of this here hoppy, don't you? I'd like to see you try. Here you go. And I'm going to attack her with the spiritual weapon. Okay. Ooh, uh, four plus seven is 11. Probably not going to hit. 11 misses. Uh, so I like whiff and I see her like duck and I go, gotcha. And I'm going to fire a <laughs> second level guiding bolt or sorry, second level. Yeah, second level guiding bolt at her. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so make your attack. Oh, God damn it. It's another fucking. Oh, wait. So I forgot something. Tell me if you'll let me do this. Okay. So Guiding Bolt, when it hits, the next attack roll against that creature has advantage. Ah, okay. I forgot to do that when Chevelle attacked. Can I take advantage on this attack? I will allow it, even though I shouldn't. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my God. I should not have allowed you to do this. That is a natural 20. No! Oh, my God. (laughs) That is a critical hit, my love. So instead of 4d6, you are rolling 5d6. Is it not 8? Is it a double? Oh, so it's 5d6, and you're rolling rolling 10d6. 10d6. Jesus Christ. Are you fucking kidding? So you're rolling 10d6 against the archvillain of our (laughs) (laughs) series here, who is already looking a little uh, rough and tumble. Uh, Go ahead and do your 10d6. Are you looking for a specific d6? No, I'm just looking to see if we have 10d6. <laughs> Come on, Do you want to borrow dice. some from mine? Brian's got a 60 sided in there. <laughs> it's just a gold <laughs> ball. How many more do you need? I need two. You can use the cat dice. That is. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, baby. Look. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, trying to of, I'm trying to think of something great to say. <laughs> Jolene! I, I, I don't know if you remember our names, but you're certainly going to remember this. Never forget the diploma for. <laughs> uh, that is. God. Hello. 
And remember, but the cat dice, if it's a picture of its face, it's a six. Yes. <laughs> and That's misleading. 32 points of damage. Woo! What? Brian, do you, do you want to read that number of how many hit points Jolene had left? Well, Jolene, you're looking a little, uh, a little rough. Right? I had to say, if I had to estimate, you probably have about 29 points of damage <laughs> remaining. Here's a cool 33 to send you to your final resting place. Enjoy. I never should have let you take advantage. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You really did take advantage. With your guiding bolt, you, you, with your spiritual weapon, send it up there and you whiff, but you were really just using it as a distraction of she dodges out of the way and looks at you so cocky, so sure of herself. But before she can even realize what is happening, you have sent a guiding bolt straight into the heart of this horrible, red-haired, green-eyed harpy. Hmm. And you hear her stop. There's silence for a moment as her song stops. And then you just hear the most horrific shriek you've ever heard in your entire life as she falls spiraling out of the sky, bangs against the roof for good measure, and then comes tumbling, crumpling down to the ground. Jolene is dead. (gasps) Deplorable fall! (laughs) Uh, Now that was the audition there, Jolene. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, Chevelle, are still on the roof. You come out of the spell, but it does take a minute for a second. You're like, but my love, where are you going? As she tumbles down to the ground and then you do kind of remember who you are and why you were doing this. Um, <laughs> Jolene is dead at your feet. There is one cultist who is shaking there in front of Gord. You guys realize as well with, with this shriek that there was a big party going on across the way. but. I mean, combined between her song and this horrible noise and Gord screaming about snakes and seven, (laughs) that somebody's probably going to come over to check on what's going on here. And you still have a huge treasure chest of stolen goods hanging at your feet. Did nobody think to put it in the hidden carriage thing? (laughs) Oh, nope, it, they've been on my back this whole time. Hope I didn't drop any. <laughs> Everybody, hear me out. I know, I know. Uh, you know, we might have a bit of a posse coming. Maybe some, maybe some law enforcement here. But you know, she's a she's a wanted fugitive, and we really need the credit. So I say we hide this loot and then stick around to claim all that credit for ourselves. How do you, how do y'all feel about that? Why not? Let's tie her I up. Just, Let's get I, her out of the way. I want to stay with the chest. <laughs> I want to make sure that. No one takes it. <laughs> well, you know what, Gord? Maybe you could be our, uh, you could be our, uh, our the, the guardian of the chest, if you will. I like that. Yes. I would like to do that. Chevelle, <laughs> get on back down here with that chest. We got to hide that thing. All right. Let me just take the stairs. <laughs> All right. At least step- you can go downstairs. <laughs> Wait can, a minute. Gord, are you, can are Gord you claiming? Can go downstairs? That you cannot go down the stairs? I've been going back and forth in my head to see if canonically he has gone downstairs at any point during this <laughs> campaign, and I don't think he has. I don't think so, no. No, I but mean, I getting thinking- off the train, he probably would have had to go down one or two steps, but he easily could have just, like, 
jumped it or uh, sat down and like his feet would reach the ground and he could just scoot down. Well, I was thinking about it because Chevelle can go downstairs, but a horse can't, right? Or no, it's, it's, a, cow. Cow. it's a cow. A cow cannot go, which also, I guess, like a bull. It's technically is more minotaur than it is centaur. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one open ended as to whether he's talking about his, <laughs> his bovinity or uh, just another problem. <laughs> and the hits just keep on coming. I would love a Gord spinoff on just a day in the life. <laughs> day in the life. So you guys are trying to uh, hide this chest of treasure. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and make me a group stealth check uh, and tell me where you're trying to hide this thing. Uh, I think we were tossing it in the. You guys are headed over to the covered, the wagon. covered wagon. Yeah. All right, cool. yeah, what I, yeah, I couldn't wow. remember what it was called. <laughs> Holy shit. Gord rolled a 17. I rolled a 22. No, and thank God. I rolled a eight. <laughs> and sorry, it was a 17 and a 22. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys hide it in there. Uh, Gord, are you going to try to hide with the treasure? Yes. <laughs> I need you to roll another stealth check. I think that's actually the smartest move there in case someone like tries to reclaim their weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I rolled. Wait. Oh no, it's a seven. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> that's a nine after the bonus. A nine. All right. Uh, so you get in this covered wagon, but like, you're sort of rustling around. Like if somebody comes and is looking around, there's a solid chance they're going to see Gord hanging in there. Uh, and, and speaking of, you see that uh, sheriff who you guys saw earlier, whose name voice, I can't remember or name. So we're going to start anew, uh, comes <laughs> running around the corner. Oh, oh my God. What, what, what happened over here? What's is that? Oh my God. Is that Jolene? And is she, you can tell also like her wings have kind of crumpled off or whatever. And she has like returned sort of to her more recognizable human, humanoid uh, self. She sort of melted out of her harpy. Well, sir, I, I do believe that is Jolene. It seems that the, this dangerous bounty has been captured by none other than the deplorable four. Deplorable? The deplorable four. Yes, indeed. World famous outlaws, sometimes bounty hunters, sometimes criminals. Well, we're just jacks of all trades. I'm keeping my distance in the staircase. Still coming down uh, because (laughs) I had seen this guy before. (laughs) So So, I'm just keeping a a healthy distance for now. Remember, I left him awkwardly with my mirror image when the situation got a little bit too... Uh, That's awkward. right. You last, <laughs> when last saw him, you had abandoned him, leaving a mirror image of yourself and slowly backed down the staircase yet again uh, when he was this, heading over to Marston Green's uh, hotel room or lodging. Yeah, because yeah. Jolene wasn't there and it was just uh, pure awkwardness. He, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Sir, you will notice that we are the deplorable before. There are only two of us present right here. Me, myself and uh, Sarah. So you like hanging out or are you hiding somewhere? Um... I'm hiding somewhere. He's <laughs> <laughs> sort of like counting on his fingers and looking around and he's looking at, cause you still have another cultist who is around, who is wearing like a patch that is a red heart that has a J on it. And he's trying to, I'm going to roll him a history check. Uh, he's not the brightest guy. So I'll say he is plus one. See if he 
That's a seven. He he recognizes the patch, but is not putting two to two together that this is one of Jolene's can, uh, friends. Can I just try to like grab that guy by the scruff of the neck? Go, and here is one of her uh, associates, if you will. Uh, yet another bounty to be had by the deplorable four. Uh, I, there's only there's only just me right around. The other the others are elsewhere gathering up. Uh, other people, but we are the deplorable four as a group. So you should you should only use we, we don't go by individual names. You know we're focused on the group group aspect. That's our brand, deplorable four. That uh, you absolutely can grab that guy by the scruff. However, because you have said the word four one thousand times, <laughs> <laughs> he is absolutely looking around for where the other individuals might be. Uh, with can, that, <laughs> can, can I can I try to like just talk his ear off so as to grant disadvantage in some way? You, uh, <laughs> I just want to get up in his face, and be like, just try to tell him about all our deeds and like. Do you know what I will? Uh, I will allow you to talk his ear off, and and it will give advantage to both Saris and Gord if they would like to continue hiding. Yeah, I'll absolutely do that. Okay, so I will ask Saris and Gord to both roll. Stealth checks. Uh, the sheriff is going to roll a perception check. Damn. Uh, to try to find the other members. Unfortunately, uh, Chevelle, you are a centaur that is going down an outdoor staircase. <laughs> so uh, he sees you and is sort of like, hey, wait, you were right behind me. How did how'd you get well, over I, here so fast? I, I believe you met my associate here. He is a uh, quite uh, speedy, speedy little man. And, uh, we went and- to go get you at the uh, when we when we saw Jolene the first time trying to break into that uh, nice penthouse. I what? Yeah, weren't you? You were right behind me. Um, and then Gord and Sarah, you guys Wasn't can both I? <laughs> you can both <laughs> <get> stealth <laughs> with advantage and let me know what you get. Oh, oh, with advantage, thank God. Yeah, yeah. you can roll with advantage because uh, Doc is giving you the help action by just trying to talk so much that he distracts the sheriff and is doing a decent job. Ooh, we're back up to a seventeen. I got a 17 also. Yeah, both of you. He he does not see you. He's fully kind of like he's distracted and confused by the fact that Chevelle was very recently right behind him. But now is right. How did he get up this staircase before the sheriff could even get over here? And also is confused trying to count of he's like, but is that guy a Jolene guy or is he part of the it was the deplore? was four, right? It, what, what you need to concern yourself with is not our numbers, but rather the, the numbers associated with the, the head of this woman, i.e. I her bounty, which I believe we can claim uh, as the deplorable four. Uh, I, I, I'm sure her associate here probably has a few copper to his name as well, uh, being that they are some of the most fearsome outlaws. Not as fearsome, I might say, as the deplorable four, which we are. You needn't concern yourself with where my associates are. They are doing other uh, significant matters, but the deplorable <laughs> four has indeed uh, captured and killed Jolene, and we respect we expect a reward. So can we? Uh, as, can we do that? As you are saying all of this, uh, you see bursting out of this back door uh, of the prison. It is Marsden himself bursting out two pistols drawn at either side. He's busting out, and behind him is the lady Cece running behind. Um, and she's got just like the cutest little mini. It's like <laughs> it's a Derringer. It's <laughs> Derringer, but it also has like pink diamonds on it that like spell out CC on the side. And like <laughs> it maybe has a ruffle on the handle or something <laughs> sort of a thing. 
comes whipping out. But I do say these people have stolen my treasure. It's gone from the sale. Well, now I, I, I wouldn't. I would not say that. I would not say that at all. I would say we have captured the true thief here, which was Jolene. Jolene, we we have captured and killed her, so much uh, to your benefit, I would say. And uh, who <laughs> would you be? Well, I. It, it, my name is not important. What you need to know is I represent a group named the Deplorable Four. <laughs> deplorable Four. That's one, two, three, four. All of us are deplorable. But we have done a commendable <laughs> service to you, sir. Every single time you guys have met a new character, I have rolled a D20. And if they got an 11 or higher, they would have heard of you. Every <laughs> single roll has been a under 10. <laughs> I don't that understand. But it's great. I, I can tell by the face right now that you have not heard of us. But let me tell you, you have now because we have uh, <laughs> re- recovered, recovered your your treasure here. And where is my treasure? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there guys, he is. Guys, do you think we should play this like we give him back the treasure hoping for a reward and take the take the fame? Or should we try to like go hog wild on the town? I think we blame it on Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> like... He, I will I say know. the sheriff is already That's- kind of on your side because you've done him such a favor uh, in capturing Jolene and, and her posse. You guys might be able to get away with telling a little white lie and eating your cake and having it too. That's what I want to do. Yeah, same. The but- way I see this ending is us being heroes in one city and like <laughs> the fake villains from the wanted posters that we had in the other city. And between the two trains, just people get very confused going between the towns. Does yeah. uh, does Marston see that Chevelle has his his loot? Uh, you guys hid it in the. You successfully hid the loot in the covered wagon. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No. Oh, okay. I thought Chev- I thought Chevelle still had it. Um, no, Chevelle made it far enough down the stairs for Gord to take it off his back and put it into the covered wagon. Uh, oh, well, and I think case. at this point has probably made it all the way down, unless you're really digging your shit yeah. down. Uh, well, well, Mr. Mr. sir, I have here an associate, and I, I grabbed the guy by the scruff of the neck. He goes. He was an associate of Jolene's, and why well, I can tell you, he's going to tell you many lies about how other people may have been stealing it. I saw one of his associates, another one of these Jolene fan club members, run off with your supposed loot. Yeah, he believes you. Marson calls everyone to arms immediately. Well, we need to go and get it. And he turns around and immediately starts kind of uh, gathering all the rest of the law enforcement. He's got like his posse or whatever. And and he you barely point in a direction before he sends people off. But there's also people going like the opposite direction. People are kind of headed all over the place. And uh, remember, it was the deplorable <laughs> four what killed the uh, the the bandit Jolene. Deplor- four, deplorable four, one, two, three, four. He rolled a nat one. He not only oh does God. not mishear you, he straight up does not hear you, will never remember the name, will never again repeat the words, the deplorable four in that order. I'm, I'm moving on to the sheriff. <laughs> he has never done this. 
Uh, you guys, so you, you've hidden this stuff away. The sheriff is so impressed with you. He takes you in. Uh, you are going to have to head on back to Vena to like collect your reward, but he has started to put the paperwork and, and the motions in order of, of Jolene has been defeated. They've, uh, taken her body and they are, are shackling it cause they're still terrified. And, and she is this huge villain and, and putting it away. Uh, and he, as I said, have started this paperwork at least for you and and Chevelle to go and collect this reward. And meanwhile, you you Saris and Gord uh, managed to sneak on over into this covered wagon. And as there is this huge crowd who's trying to track down Jolene's posse, who has apparently stolen this treasure and is going off, you guys are in your covered wagon, trotting along, headed on back to Sand Hollow going, going, you know, making your way. And uh, the deplorable four, though no one will ever know that it was them, successfully got the loot so they can invest in Doc's bar, invest in some future endeavors, invest in uh, even more cool weaponry to fund their other exploits. And you ride off in your covered wagon into the sunset while Doc and Chevelle both talk the ear off of the sheriff, making sure he spells everything right, gets your names correct, so that when you roll into Venna to collect your immense wanted reward, it will be all yours. And remember, deplorable four. One, two, three, four. Deplorable four. <laughs> I'm still hidden. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's it a good thing. It kind of looks like the covered wagon's just like leading itself. If anyone were to pay too much attention, it'd be like, but who's leading? Who's driving that wagon? <laughs> Saris is still holding on to the sword, right? So it's a good thing that she's hidden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we don't have the treasure. Don't, what's with that sword? Don't mind that. <laughs> don't mind this. And that, that is all. You guys were yeah. semi-successful. Oh you achieved some of your goals. You uh, still are a gang that has little to no reputation, even though you've done this incredibly cool thing. The Deplorable Four will <laughs> ride again. <laughs> I love it. The Deplorable Four. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's to Saris's advantage and that's all she wants, so she's happy. <laughs> as far as everybody sees, every time it's the deplorable four, only three people are ever present. <laughs> I was just like, you guys are honestly, you will have some kind of reputation for having killed Jolene because you're going to go, like, correct, collect the reward, but everyone's just further confused because there's only two of you, like, on the forms, and also, like, Saris is always hidden. And it's so it's you guys still still absolutely no one knows your name, but they're like, wasn't it those guys who killed Jolene? Was it? It was like there was two of them. No, I think there were four of them. No, I heard somebody kept yelling about seven. I think there were seven of them. <laughs> I was just going to say, I want Sarah's to be like on the posters. It's like a seek and find. <laughs> That's so funny. Or like, it's like, where's yeah. Waldo? Where's Sarah? Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, I see those three. And you're sort of see like. See Sarah's. <laughs> it's really like. Almost, it's almost exactly like the Three Musketeers, except there were four of them. <laughs> four. People look at the poster and they're like, "But I don't." But where's the fourth? Yeah, I, I really like the idea. On the back is like the key, <laughs> so it's like the same image, but with all, all of us circled. 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you just see people at the wanted poster like lifting it up and looking at the back of Oh, there <laughs> she is. There she is. Yeah. Which also doesn't really help your like bad guy thing because now it's like they bring their kids on over to the wanted poster board and they're like, try to find Saris. Actually, I, I, I think that's, that, that's a feature. We're getting the next generation to learn the name Deplorable 4. They oh looked out for Deplorable 4 on, on the bounty board. kids remember everything. Still so yeah, marketing. Because you've done this, yes, ki- children everywhere know your name, but not a single adult does. I'll take it. <laughs> Deplorable 4, the next generation. The next generation. <laughs> Oh man! Thank that you was guys so much for... fun. It this was, was like such a fun campaign. I know, I loved it. And that's it for this game. Tune in next time. We're going to talk through uh, how this second session went. But until then, bye bye, everybody. Hey everybody, this is Abby. If you enjoyed this episode of My First Dungeon, you might want to check out some of our other shows in the Fractured Realms. For instance, our D&D actual play anthology show, The 20-Sided Podcast. This season is called Prisoners of the Static, and I play Natasha Borshakot, captain of the Gilded Ghost. Interested? Check out the trailer and tune in every Monday for brand new episodes. Bye-bye! The Static. A mysterious, mist-covered scar left behind by the Titans. Nothing that has entered that expanse of fog has ever been seen again. Until now, that is. A message in a bottle containing two things. The first, a plea for help from the legendary weaponsmith to the gods. The second, a warning. Here... There be monsters. In season two of the 20-sided podcast, three brand new players will descend into the unknown, shackled by their secrets and fears, and venture past the ominous white expanse to learn, only too late, that they are about to become prisoners of the static. Be seeing you. If you're hearing this, that means you listen to every last second of this episode. If you're not caught up yet, that's great because then there's plenty more to listen to. But if you are caught up and you simply can't wait for the next episode, then you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and become a member of the Dice Pool. For just a few bucks a month, you'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full-length bonus actual play each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there is already over 20 hours of bonus audio, plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. We'll see you there.